Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Hamilton Beach XL, meaning extra large, countertop oven. Recorded or with rotisserie convection and rotisserie number thirty one hundred or I'm sorry, three one one zero zero is the number. And then it says new. That's the one I'm looking at, but I'm trying to see. I don't see a picture of the side of it. I'm looking, I'm looking. Give me a second, I'm looking. I don't think this is the exact one that I have now that I'm seeing the side. It's it's a lot like it, but I don't think it really... It says it holds two 12-inch pieces or two 9-by-13-inch casseroles. So, um, but I don't think this is the exact one. I think mine might be a little bit different, but this one could still be a good one. So I'll just have to let you know later during the show once I can see a picture of the side and make sure it's the right exact model number. And I will make sure during the show tonight. So anyway, yeah, it's easy to get stuff free on Craigslist. At least it has been for me. The two times I tried, I was able to get the items that I wanted. Um, and, you know, it was very simple. Uh, I guess it could be difficult, more difficult depending on who you deal with. But the people that I dealt with were as nice as they could be. And... You know, there was no drama, there was no safety concern or anything like that, and they were both, you know, older guys and no problem whatsoever. They were nice enough to put the items in my car for me and everything, and, you know, they were just really nice. So you have to be careful, though, on Craigslist, as everybody knows, because it may not turn out that way, you know, so you have to just be very careful and try to talk to the people on the phone if you have any kind of you know, something tells you it's not a good thing to meet the person or they seem strange or something's weird or whatever, then I wouldn't go, you know. So I think if you're going to sell on Craigslist, too, you're going to sell items or give something away for free or whatever, you know, you have to be careful as well. And you might not want them coming to your home because you just never know. So you might want to meet them in a public area. And police departments even are... I've been reading, you know, online, some of them are allowing people to, you know, meet others and deal with them if they have an ad on Craigslist or something and they're selling an item or whatever. They're actually letting people come and, you know, exchange the money and the item or whatever in their parking lot. So I don't know if our police department is doing it, but some of them are. So anyway, be safe about it and take precautions and, you know, it would be best if you were just very safe about everything and and just don't, you know, do something that, always let somebody know where you're going, give them the phone number, give them the address, give them the name, any information you can get, you know, if you're going to to meet somebody from Craigslist um, and even if you're selling to them. You know, try to get that information, and that way, um, 
you know, you might even say, hey, I need your ID or something, you know, fax me your ID or um, something like that, you know. Scan your ID so that, you know, I can be sure nothing's going to go wrong, blah, blah, blah. And you, even then, you know, it doesn't guarantee anything, but at least, you know, they may not be as willing to do something stupid if they know you have their ID and stuff like that. So, anyway, so I'm very thrilled to get this new printer, and I'm very thrilled to have that oven. And I haven't used the rotisserie in the old oven we had or the newer one, which both were used. But, um, anyway, I haven't used the rotisserie, but I have used the convection, and I usually do use it, and I, I just love it, so... Anyway, it's a fantastic oven, and I'll let you know the item number later in the show. Hopefully, I can find that out for you. Um, so, I've been doing shows lately about, um, you know, ways to make extra money and and buying different things and reselling those, and I've been going through some things you may not realize you could sell on eBay and elsewhere, and these are things that are being sold on eBay. So I've been telling you and going through some of those. And, you know, there's lots of things that you may not even realize you could sell on eBay, believe it or not. I mean, people are even selling crazy things like toilet paper rolls, the cardboard tubes inside the toilet paper. That's an example that you have no idea that people are selling on eBay and other places, and they are. Believe it or not, because people use those. You can use them for lots of different things. Um, you can use them to, I mean, I know people are making um, fireplace, you know, like fire starters with them, and they're using them you know, just as they are to start fires because they're just made out of cardboard and then I've seen instructions on how to, I think maybe, I forget exactly how they did it, but it was probably crumpled up newspaper you put inside and then you dip them in wax or something like that. I don't know how good that would be, you know, and of course it depends on where you're going to use those. I wouldn't probably use those in a wood stove like that with the wax. Um, but anyway, and maybe not my fireplace either, but so, um, we we used to use in Georgia, in southern Georgia, which we call South Georgia, <laughs> the people that live there, and that know people that live there, anyway, in my family, we always called it South Georgia. Um, we used to get something they call lighter there, L-I-G-H-T-E-R, and it's, I believe it's pine, and it's like got a lot of sap on it. And that was, like, our very favorite thing everybody there, you know, seemed to have. They call it fatwood, too. Um, not around there, but I've seen it advertised online. You know, certain places sell that for a lot of money, and then they call it fatwood or other things. Um, but it starts fire so well, and you just need a little piece of it. And it's pretty, you know, compared to what you can get it for around there or people just go find it in the woods or whatever and you could probably find it you know anywhere in the country that has pine trees like a stump an old stump um and you can look online and try to 
like it'll give you I think I saw it on let's see YouTube a YouTube video was telling people how to go find these particular ones out in the woods so you might want to look on there and I don't know the name of the video if I can find it I'll let you know but you're supposed to look for a certain you know old stump and everything and it has a lot of the I don't know rosin or sap or whatever and so anyway, that is what we always use to start fires in South Georgia. And, you know, it's kind of just a great thing to have. So in case you've never used it or seen it or whatever, you might want to, you know, look for that. Look for it online, instructions on how to find it in the woods or something, or just buy some because it's great stuff. Um, but anyway, yeah, people are selling those toilet paper rolls like the inside cardboard tubes on eBay people are using those to make crafts um, I've seen things made elaborate things that look really cool I thought you know a lot of people thought they did um, for instance okay you know iron um, the scrolls like in a, a iron gate or something you know how pretty that can be and that's very highly desired well people are making things that look like that out of those those inside you know toilet paper the tubes inside the toilet paper they're making things that look like an old garden gate or something or an old gate out of cast iron and putting them like against the wall or hanging them on the wall or something like that and it's kind of hard to tell unless you get up really close and examine it or something. It looks a lot like like the cast iron or I don't know what kind of iron, but whatever kind of iron that is, that's what it looks like. So people are using those for that, and so they're going for, I don't know how much money, but they're going, they're selling those on eBay. So I already told you... Um, different things that are being sold on eBay that you may not think about, like the boxes, the empty boxes, I told you about that, for products, like um, dolls. Somebody may buy something used on eBay or elsewhere, and they want the box that went with that product, so um, they could go for up to $85, you know, or more, depending on what it is. So that's something to be aware of, not to throw away the box that comes with different things, and especially if it's a collectible item or if it's a vintage or antique item, etc., it's highly desired to have and keep that box. And another thing I told you about is the cords from anything like old phone chargers, even really old ones, power cords to video game systems to computers to computer monitors the USB cords, camera cords, all these type of things. Um, people are selling those on eBay and elsewhere. So, you know, that's just another way you might, if you don't still have the item or something, you might want to just sell it on eBay or Craigslist, you know, and make a little bit of money, a little bit of pocket change. Because you could make, you know, 10 to $15 for that cord alone. So that's another thing people are selling, and it just depends because you might make less or more than that. I'm just giving you a rough idea. And another thing is instruction manuals. I told you about that. People want instruction manuals. They want the hard copy, even though a lot of times they can be found online. 
uh, vintage manuals and older manuals may not be online, so, you know, those ones probably, or even the newer ones even, you could sell. So those are going, I'm looking at different ones here anyway, so some of those are going for $5, $9, $4, etc. It just depends, you know, it could go for a lot more money depending on if it's an antique or vintage item too. Or who knows, you know, some obscure item or just if they can't find the manual and they want it, you know. So that's another thing you might be willing, you know, to part with and make a little bit of money. Then there's the insulation CDs and drivers for old computers, printers, copiers, etc. that people may want. So, you know, you might want to hold on to those if, and hey, that old printer, people may want that too. I'll tell you more after the break. We're going to take a break and we'll be right back, so don't go anywhere. Everybody knows the dice are loaded. Everybody rolls with the fingers crossed. Everybody knows that the war is over. Everybody knows that the good guy's lost. Everybody knows the fight is thick. The poor stay poor and the rich get rich. That's how it goes. Everybody knows the boat is sinking. Everybody knows that the captain lied. Everybody's got this broken feeling. Like the mama or the dog just died. Everybody's hands are in their pockets. Everybody wants a box of chocolates and a long stem Everybody knows Everybody knows Everybody knows That's how it goes Everybody knows Everybody knows Everybody 
studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for one four. $49.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System.
TheAmericanVoice.com. You can also go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com. And it is my live show tonight on Monday, December 7th, 2015. Frank is choosing my music tonight. Not from my previously played music, but just whatever he desires to play. Um, Other than the first, uh, I don't know, three songs or so, because I made a mistake and... So those were songs from last week that I had chosen. But anyway, so yeah, I guess it's Frank's choice, whatever he chooses tonight, apparently. Um, Anyway, so I was trying to find that oven and let you know the item number if I could. Um, So far I haven't been able to, but I'm going to keep trying. So... Um, I'm going to continue on with things you didn't know could sell on eBay. And so I told you, like, installation CDs and drivers from older computers, printers, copiers, etc., different things like that. Um, those could be worth some money, you know, 20 bucks a piece or 10 bucks a piece or whatever, whatever somebody's willing to pay. So that's something else you might not realize that, people would buy from you. Um, So, you know, even if you don't still have the item, maybe you find an old CD lying around from some item you used to have, you know, instead of just chunking it in the trash, thinking I no longer have the item, you might look and see what it's going for on eBay, etc., and maybe put it on there or Craigslist or somewhere else, you know. Um, Another thing that is selling, I told you about this previously, but it's like, 
Maybe it's a partial box of something and the product is still sealed, but you've used some of it or something like that, or just maybe it's a brand new box of something like those Keurig coffee maker, those K-cups. I don't like those things, but I know a lot of people have those, and I was just reading an article like yesterday, and it was about, I don't know, the amount of those K-cups that people have used could circle the planet like eight times or something. There's so many of them. I think it says something to that effect. And they can't be, re I think parts of them maybe can be recycled, but not the whole K-cup. But, hey, anyway, a lot of people like those and a lot of people have them. Although, from what I've read, they're not selling well anymore. But, you know, maybe you have a box of some flavor so of these K-cups that you didn't like or whatever, whatever reason, you still have a bunch of them. You might look and see because they're selling on eBay um, like an open box with 23 pods and then for the K-cups, um, for instance, sold for like $18 and a little bit of sh money for shipping. Um, and different things like that. Um, here's another lot of 23 of those never opened, going for 10.50 and five dollars shipping. So that's something else. Then there's things like my Coke codes. Frank's uh, in the chat room saying Frank's Energy J is out the box. Woohoo! <laughs> anyway, so yeah. Yeah, he used to be a DJ. You probably heard that if you listened to a show recently that he did not record, but I don't remember. It was Benson, Arizona, I believe, and I don't know the call letters of the station, but I think it was CAVE or something, K-A-V or something like that. I could be wrong. I could be totally wrong. But anyway, so I guess he's loving just picking my music tonight. So, yeah. Anyway, there's a story that goes along with that whole how he got the DJ job. I think he might have told some of it on the air, but he didn't tell all of the juicy stuff like he told me. But anyway, it was pretty funny. In fact, I laughed and laughed when he told me the story. So, yeah, he used to be a DJ. And if he hadn't have done that job a long time ago, way back in the day, he may not. It may be or may never have happened. Who knows? I don't know. Everything just fell into place, it seems. And so, it's pretty wild. Um, but anyway, so he had never been a DJ or anything, and then he just, you know, maybe that is what started AVR right there, him being a DJ way back then in, I think, Benson, Arizona. Um, and, and a bunch of friends that he had that he met when, I think, a bus. I think he somehow got a ride on a bus, you know, when he was, like, hitchhiking all over, and some guy on a bus, I think he had, like, taken the seats out of the bus or something, maybe, and, and redid the inside or whatever, and the bus broke down under a bridge, and they were trying to, the guy, I think, had all kind of tools, and so they were trying to work on it, and some biker guy came by, I think, in an old van and told them if they didn't get out of there that the cops were going to come and tow away the bus, and so he, they all needed to come with him, and so they did, and and that led to Frank getting a job as a DJ because he stayed with those people for a time. I think he was, like, living, I don't know, maybe in that bus in their driveway or something. 
and then they heard um, some kind of commercial on the radio. They were listening to some station, and they heard that they were looking for a DJ. So they all looked at Frank and pointed at the same time and said, you need to go for that. So they convinced him <laughs> to go apply for the job. And he ended up applying for the job at, like, midnight that night, I think, because that's when the guy, you know, looking to hire somebody was there, the owner or the manager or whatever. So he ended up going late at night, and they were waiting for him out in the van. And um, anyway, they had been partying, so, you know, it was kind of a funny story. And he took a shower and got out of the shower, and they had laid his clothes out for him to wear because he didn't have nice clothes or anything when he was just traveling around hitchhiking and so um they gave him some cowboy clothes to wear <laughs> a cowboy hat and some cowboy boots and who knows some kind of cowboy shirt and some jeans or something like that so that's how he was dressed and uh he went and and interviewed for the job and the guy hired him on the spot so that's how he became a dj and then I think it was close to New Year's Eve, so I don't know if it was like the first night on the job or something. I don't remember if it was night. I forget when he worked, but um, he got trained by another DJ, and the other DJ, I think, talked to him for about five minutes and told him what to do. That's all the training he got, and they used to use reel-to-reel tapes back then, so... Anyway, Frank uh, had to read to get the job. He had to read uh, to the owner or the manager or whatever the station. So he he obviously could read well, and he had spent so many times going to libraries, you know, when he was traveling around hitchhiking. So he was a good reader, and so the guy hired him because he had to read the news in between the songs he played and stuff. So that's the story about him. And there's more to it than that, but I'm leaving out the juicier parts. But anyway, it was pretty funny to me, especially his version uh, with all the juicy stuff. But so he got hired and became a DJ. And then later down the road, hey, he got his own radio show years later. Before that, there was the newspaper, the American Voice newspaper that he was putting out. And, um... He happened to meet some people that had a radio network, and they were on shortwave and on KU band satellite. I think it was C band satellite maybe back then, though. And it led to him getting a show because I think he heard the guy, and he was like, wow, you know, and he liked what he heard, and he started listening, and he ended up getting hired by that guy to do some work when he was a contractor. So then it evolved into Frank, um, you know, doing the newspaper. I don't know how that happened, but he was doing the the American Voice newspaper. And then he got his own show, which used to be called The American Voice. And he was on that person's network, who's James Lloyd is his name, and his wife Susan. And anyway, so the rest is kind of history. That evolved into him starting his own network, and and they encouraged him to do so, and so, hey, AVR was born, the actual uh, radio network, and so, 
it. We've been going strong ever since, and he started it in February of 2004. So, anyway, we're very blessed to have it and still be going strong after all these years and to have the chat room. And we'd like it if more people came in there, although we have our our regular, you know, chat room regulars that come in there and send some people that maybe don't come in there as often. We see them from time to time. And sometimes, you know, new people come in and all that. And we see people come in from different countries even. And, you know, people that you wouldn't expect to even know English come in there. And, and they do know English, so it's pretty wild talking to them. So anyway, you should come to our chat room if you haven't. I wish our hosts would come into our chat room. They do not, hardly. I mean, a few of them maybe do, but I wish they all would. I've, you know, at times told, you know, hey, we should, you know, try to get our hosts to come to the chat room. And I've heard some of them have been emailed about, you know, hey, we'd love to see you in the chat room. But so far, I think they're scaredy cats. <laughs> they're scared of us in the chat room or something. I don't know what the deal is. Maybe they don't want to be bothered. <laughs> but anyway, it's fun. You should come in there if you haven't. So I'm encouraging you to do so. Um, I'm wondering what it might take to get you in there. Maybe we should have some kind of contest and offer prizes. Because, hey, once you get in there, you're going to see what fun it is. And then you're going to want to come in there. And it has led to people getting shows on AVR that have come to our chat room. It's probably like six or so now. Um, I sat here and counted one day about all of the ones that just were people that, you know, came to our chat room and ended up getting their own show. But it's probably around six now that have done that. Anyway, so that's pretty cool. And uh, the latest one that we have had do that is Jay from Washington, and he goes by the name, the nickname Irish in the chat room. Anyway, so now he's on twice a week. He started out doing a one-hour show, and now he's doing a one-hour show twice a week. And he bought a bunch of equipment and stuff like that. And he's very passionate about, you know, his beliefs and everything, and wanting to save, you know, our country and and all that stuff. So I'm glad he had a show. And, uh, you know, not everybody can be on the radio or wants to be on the radio or something, but you never know. Maybe one day you might even be on the radio. So if you are interested in that, you could always come to the chat room or talk to Frank and everything. And it's not a big deal. You don't have to sign some big contract or anything like a lot of the other networks make you do. You know, and it doesn't cost a fortune to get on the air. It's very inexpensive, basically. I think it's bargain basement prices myself, you know. But Frank wants to give everybody an opportunity to be heard, you know. And, of course, we're not just going to let whatever on the air, or, you know, whatever. If somebody's into stuff, you know, we don't agree with, you know. Although, hey, you're not going to agree with everything that every single person believes or that they talk about. So it's hard um, but anyway, um, we have really good shows on AVR, as you know. So you never know. You might end up having your own show on AVR. We've had two truck drivers that I know of that have had shows on AVR, and one of them is still on the air. One of them is Matt Smith with I on America Road Show. We hope he'll come back one day. 
but he has a, you know, full-time job that keeps him real busy being a truck driver. And then Jay is a truck driver, too. So he's the latest one to get his own show. But anyway, it's fun. And you just never know. So, hey, if, you, if you're if you scared to go on the air, you don't want your own show, you may not want to come to our chat room because you never know you might end up doing that. So I'm going to get back into talking about selling stuff and buying things and all that, um, making some extra money. So um, let's see. My Coke Codes Rewards. I, I know there's a bunch of stuff like that where you open up some item and then they have some kind of code under the cap or something. So those sell on eBay too. Um, and then there's the box tops for education. I told you about that. I think it's cereal boxes, which I wouldn't recommend drinking Cokes or, you know, sodas. They're bad for your health, as we all know. Got all kind of terrible things in there. But, hey, some people still do drink those. And um, so, you know, that's something you might want to sell if they have some kind of contest going with some kind of codes or something. And then the box tops for education a lot of children in schools, in the public schools, and who knows, maybe the private schools. If you're unfortunate enough to have any children in the public or private schools, um, because that's not a good thing either, um, as you often hear us tell you, and I'm sure you're aware of the same, because they brainwash them and teach them all the wrong things and turn them against you know, God and Jesus and the Bible and all that. Um, I'm not saying that's happened to your kid, personally, your child, but it happens to a lot of them these days. So, um, And then there's the police, police state agenda and there's the biometric, you know, agenda and they want to get chips in the kids and that's what they're going to end up doing. They're already putting chips in the elderly and uh, chips in the animals, all the animals, you know, um, that end up maybe in a PetSmart store and other pet stores like that where they, you know, have them up for adoption, they chip them all, as far as I know. I know they give them all kinds of vaccines. Um, but anyway, tons of animals are chipped nowadays, and that causes cancer. It can cause cancer, and it can cause them to bleed to death. But there's no doubt in my mind they're going to evolve more from just doing the animals that way. And I know they're already doing people. They're already chipping people without their knowledge. I definitely believe they're doing this. And so that's one reason why I don't go to doctors and hospitals and things like that. Because I believe that this is where they're doing a lot of that without people's knowledge or permission. But I believe, you know, once we know the Bible talks about the mark of the beast and how, you know, they're going to be doing that soon. And, and if you take the mark of the beast, the Bible tells us, which I do believe, that you will go to hell for eternity. So, you know, I will never get any kind of chip or any kind of tattoo or any kind of mark on my body or something like that. But, um, yeah, that's another thing they're doing to the kiddies, you know, in school. They're, they're a lot of times having them, you know, place their whole hand on something for biometric identification and stuff like that. Um, in order to just get their lunch or whatever the case may be. So that's just another reason not to have them in the schools. And I think you should be beware of giving them your child's DNA or your DNA, you know. And yes, they may have some of our DNA already, but then again, if it was from years ago, 
maybe they don't have it anymore, like Frank and I were discussing over the weekend. Maybe they don't have it if, you know, the DNA was taken or the blood sample or whatever it is, you know, was from a long time ago. Maybe they lost it. Maybe they didn't store it all these years or whatever. So I wouldn't be volunteering to give them my DNA, um, honestly. It's not a joke or funny either because I believe they can do a lot of evil things with that. So, And then we hear about all these places in different states, like Georgia being one where they're forcibly, you know, strapping people down to gurneys and things like that and forcibly taking their DNA if they just claim to suspect you of drunk driving or whatever, you know, being under the influence when you're driving. That's very, very scary to me. But anyway, so that that kind of thing's going on. So, but if you are one of those people that do have your children in the schools, they do have those box tops for education points and things like that. Um, and so those are being sold on eBay and elsewhere. I mean, here's one here. 1,500 of those neatly clipped and bagged, they claim. They sold for $125. So, you know, if you if you are eating this area, which I don't recommend because that's full of fluoride and all kind of bad things. In fact, even iron filings have been found in cereal, and I'm not talking about just a random, you know, mistake. It's like they're using these and calling them, you know, the minerals. Oh, they're fortified with all these vitamins and minerals. Yeah, and iron filings. And you can go to peakenergy.com, P-E-A-K-E-N-E-R-G-Y.com, peakenergy.com, and... You can look and see a video about that very thing where they have, they can demonstrate to you that in the cereals, there's these iron filings. That's just how sad it is nowadays and all the garbage that they put in our so-called food. So I wouldn't recommend eating this cereal, but hey, if you have, if you're doing it anyway or you have some old boxes lying around, you can start collecting those if you're going to keep eating the cereal or your kids are and make a little bit of money, but... I hope you'll stop eating it because it's really bad for you and them. And then there's the gift cards. People are selling those. And I guess it's time to take another break. Who knows what song's coming up next. I guess we'll all be surprised if I'm right. So stick around. Looks like Bad Company is on now. We'll be right back. Uh-huh. 
Ancient prophetic texts warn us that in the last days there will be wars and rumors of war, famines, pestilence, earthquakes in many places, and troublesome times, men fainting from fear from what is coming upon the earth. Even though these words were penned almost 2,000 years ago, we can readily see that this dire warning is applicable in the days in which we are living in now. Days of Chaos, a new book by L.A. Marzulli, exposes what is happening in the Middle East the Fukushima disaster, the mysterious animal and fish die-off, the rise of the 8.0 and greater earthquake, the coming one world government, the collapse of the U.S. dollar, UFO activity, and so much more. Days of Chaos has the information you need in these troublesome times. 
Don't be afraid of these events. Come to an understanding of why they are happening as they were prophesied long ago. These are the days of chaos. Go to www.lamarzuli.net www.lamarzuli.net These are the days of chaos. Food prices going up, homes being foreclosed, unemployment insurance running out, jobs leaving the country. Many people cannot afford to eat or keep a roof over their head. Too many can do neither. Messiah's Branch has a mission church in Wichita, Kansas that helps the victims of this banker's economy, the American people, your neighbors. The mission is the last hope for so many Americans. We need your help to lift up the poorest of the poor. These are men, women, and children who once had homes, now in the street. They all need what you need. First aid, beds, food, clothing, and so on. You can send a monetary gift or a box of necessities to 230 West 4th Street, Florence, Kansas. Or donate online by going to wichitahomeless.com or simply call 316-619-4886. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead. Meaning, it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
and Frank and I do not, but we do celebrate Thanksgiving. And so I know, you know, when I go to my sister's house, for example, um, for Thanksgiving after I moved here even, I would go back to Georgia for the first couple of years and be with my family for Thanksgiving, etc., for for a couple of three weeks or so. And, you know, now that the flights and the TSA and all that stuff going on, and they teach you, they treat you like a a terrorist and all, you know, so I don't fly anymore since all that mess, although I did go through it several times and had to go through those terrible you know, machines that radiate you and all that junk. And they have backscatter and, or backscanner, they call them both, in Atlanta at the airport. So I don't want to go through all that. And anyway, but when I'd go to their house for Thanksgiving and all that, we would be cooking and she would be cooking, you know, days before I got there, my sister would. And even then, you know, she she would be using more than just her oven. She actually had a a convection microwave in the basement we would use, which I don't like using microwaves at all, believe me. Um, and I don't even know what the heck even a convection microwave means, but <laughs> anyway, I guess it just has a fan in it. But anyway, so, you know, you could always use, probably a lot of people can anyway, use an extra oven for things like that. So even if you don't use it on, you know, several times a week or whatever, you might need it just for those holidays. And then people go out and get those roaster ovens that sit on their countertop. But they're just, to me, nowhere near as good as this oven. I mean, I've never had a roaster oven, but I just prefer a regular oven, you know. And you can use a rotisserie. Um, I just never have because I prefer, I don't eat a lot of meat, but the rare occasions when I might, might want to make something like that, I would just put it in the crock pot, you know like a roast or something but anyway so it comes with a rotisserie it comes with convection and all this stuff and and it just depends on the pans because i am going to try to find you the model number during this show and tell you i'm just trying to let you know because i just love the seven and other people out there listening may want to get one you know maybe you need an oven maybe your oven quit working maybe you need an extra you know oven or something like that or you just want to try to save some energy or have it for the holidays or whatever um, but anyway, so a 9 by 13 pan, most of the ovens that you go to the store and look at, those countertop versions, they are not going to fit a 9 by 13 oven, much less two, I'm sorry, 9 by 13 pan, much less two 9 by 13 pans. I have found that a good thing to do, if you can, and you probably can't do it, but you know, if you can find the seven in the store, which I don't think you're going to be able to, it would be good to go, like, go and try to fit pans in there. You know, if they sell pans at that store, I've done that, to see if the pans are going to fit in the oven because it all depends. On this particular oven, yes, you can fit a 9 by 13 pan in there, but it just depends on if they have large handles or not because sometimes the handles alone are going to make it too wide for the oven. I found most of the handles on Pyrex, Unless it's like a vintage Pyrex dish or something. They're making them now. And other, I don't know what the brand is, but all these glass pans they're making, um, they put these huge handles on them so they won't fit in the oven. But I have one I got in a thrift store, and a glass Pyrex dish, and I'll give you the, the actual number that's on it. 
that fits in that oven perfectly. And uh, just depends on the handles if the 13 by 9 inch pants will fit in there. But you can find them online. Even if you go to eBay or go to a thrift store, you can find pants that will fit in it. So I'm going to look for some more. But anyway, um, yeah, a lot of pants will fit in there. And you don't have to use a 9 by 13. But this is one of the few I've found that will fit that size pan in it. And, and it's got, let's see, one, two, three different slots where you can put the wire racks and it comes with two wire racks so you know you can move those around and most of the ovens out there that you buy the countertop versions they do not have that many you know adjustments that you can make it might just have one place where you have to put the rack or a couple places this one has three so you know I am forever changing you know where I put the rack and I just love it because it just depends on what you're putting in there so that's just another thing I love and it does have a broiler it has a toast you can toast things you know and it has a toast setting I think and it has a broil, broil setting has a convection setting and then just the regular oven setting and I have found during the break several places that are selling the oven that I have that I got for free on Craigslist and that I bought, you know, for Frank bought for $20 in the thrift store before that that I loved. But it's going for $180 on all these places I'm seeing it online. But the problem is they're not giving the item number. So what it says is Hamilton Beach Toaster slash Rotisserie Convection Oven. And this one is selling, if you want to just look at the oven and see what it looks like, this one is selling at countrydoor.com. I wouldn't buy it there because it sells for a lot of money and you can get it cheaper than that on eBay, etc. But that's the oven. So if you can look on there and just type in Hamilton Beach Toaster slash Rotisserie Convection Oven and it's going for $179.95. And uh, it says this extra large countertop oven uses convection to circulate air for even cooking. It's impressive size, holds roasts up to 7 pounds, two 12-inch pizzas, a 7.5-pound chicken, or two cake pans. And it actually holds, I believe, 13 by 9-inch pans, depending on the handles on them, you know. And it says temperature control from 150 to 450 degrees Fahrenheit, broil slash rotisserie. Functions, broil convection bake and rotisserie with self-turning spit so meat base itself slide out crumb tray which I love makes it easy to clean when things fall in the oven you just slide the crumb tray out and then you can easily clean that off non-skid pads it says on the bottom chromed wire racks 1500 watts and the size of it is 18 inches the length is 18 inches by 13 and a half inches high by 12 and a half inches diameter um, and I haven't found the item number I keep finding the oven but unfortunately every single time I find the picture of the actual oven and I can tell by looking at the sides of it because it has these sides that kind of I don't know stick out a little bit and they have like these little holes and so I look at the sides and I can tell, okay, that's the oven. And it looks like the same from the front as mine and all. But anyway, there's some that look similar to it, but they're not exactly the same as mine. So I always have to look at the sides and make sure. 
But this is the oven that I have at home in love. And there's great reviews on here. Five stars, five stars, five stars on all the reviews I'm seeing. So somebody says, I love my oven. This is a great little oven. Kind of overpriced. Yeah, it is for $180. Although, hey, I think even that would be a good deal for this oven. Okay. But I got mine for free. And you can get it on eBay. I'm going to say if you really are blessed, you might really be blessed to find it for like 50 bucks used. Okay. That's not going to be easy to do. But you can perhaps do it. I've seen them on there. But they go for over 100 on eBay, so anywhere in between 50 bucks maybe to, you know, $200, you're going to find them on eBay, used and new. So, just so you know. But I wouldn't pay, probably, if I was going to buy one, I probably would try to get it for like 75 at the most, if, if possible, you know. But anyway, I think it's worth that. And so this says, this review gave five stars, and it says, I love my oven. This is a great little oven, kind of overpriced compared to other stores, but being able to get it on credit made it worth the extra money for me. I baked a frozen pizza in it the same day it arrived, and it turned out perfect. I just used the same temp and time that the container specified, and when the timer went off, the pizza was perfectly cooked. So I haven't ever had a real full-size oven that could cook evenly and at a precise temp, even when new. Color me impressed, Hamilton Beach. The spiffy black and chrome exterior also looks great in my black and white kitchen. And I've caught myself admiring it every time I go through the kitchen. I'm looking forward to trying the rotisserie and convection functions, and I expect they'll work just as well as the regular baking. Oh, the catalog slash site text for the oven didn't mention that it came with two baking trays, a broiler rack, plus the rotisserie parts. So that's a nice surprise, too. Clean up was quick with pull-out crumb tray. I definitely recommend this oven to anyone who wants to avoid using a huge hot oven or who lives with a tiny kitchen. That's another thing. You know, if you have an RV or you have a small kitchen, you know, this is this is not going to take up a lot of room on your countertop or wherever you put it. You could put it on your wood stove. You could put it wherever, and it would be great. Of course, you can't use your wood stove when you have your oven on it, but I'm just saying... Um, it says the only negative for me is that it's just a touch too tall to fit underneath my vintage kitchen's cabinets and still have good venting space, but I just placed it on its own cart. Really, I can't say enough good things about the sweet little oven. So that's just one review, and the others are all five stars, too. And so anyway, that's a little bit more about that oven, but I'm going to still look for the item number. I found it on 7thAvenue.com for another, the same price, $179.95. So every place I see it, they're they're selling it for that. Um, three different places, wards.com is selling it for that too. So anyway, um, I'm going to keep looking for that item number. Hopefully I can find it during the show and let you know. So um, getting back to the things that you might can sell, make a little bit of extra money, those gift cards... Another thing about the gift cards, I've not bought them online or anything, but you can go on eBay or Amazon, I know, and and maybe other places online, I'm sure, and you can get gift cards for different restaurants or retail stores and things like that, and, um, you know, you can buy them because people are selling them for less than what they're worth, so... 
maybe the gift card is worth a hundred dollars and they're going to sell it to you for 80 or something like that, 90 or 75. So, you know, you can save money by buying those gift cards and then, you know, using them at the retail store or the restaurant. You could even take a coupon to the restaurant, you know, look for a coupon if you're going to go out to dinner. See if you can find a coupon for the restaurant and then you maybe like Olive Garden, you can find coupons online all the time for Olive Garden if you just look online type in Olive Garden coupon and then if you want a free appetizer for Olive Garden just look for that coupon certain sites will have it certain sites will not have it but there are sites out there that have it and so up to ten dollars you can save get a free appetizer at Olive Garden and then if you and I've not done this but I'm just saying it's another way to save some money if you don't you know you want to not have to pay full prices when you go out to dinner or something and you can get these gift cards online and instead of going to the, you know, the actual Olive Garden buying the gift card from them, they do have deals, I think, for the holidays where they'll give you some kind of, you know, you'll get a $50 gift card for 40 or something like that. But they have them year-round online if you want to do it. And then you can save a little bit of money, maybe get a $50 gift card for 40 or whatever. And so you save $10 there, and then you save $10 off the cost of your appetizers. You just save $20 you know, to go out to dinner or something. So that's another way to save money. But you may have a gift card you got that you don't like, you know, the restaurant or the retail store, somebody gave it to you. Um, even if you've used it and, and it doesn't have, you know, what it had on it originally, people are still selling those online. So that's another thing people are selling for on eBay and, and Amazon and different places online, Craigslist probably too. And you can offer a free shipping on this if you want to email the buyer the code and PIN number, but a lot of times the buyers are going to want the actual physical card. So we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere.
and your family survive a food shortage lasting two weeks, six months, or maybe longer? Sound far-fetched? We live in precarious times. There is an ever-increasing possibility of food shortages caused by terrorist attacks, natural disasters, truck strikes, or monetary collapse. You owe it to yourself and family to prepare, and you can by getting a supply of our long-storing, freeze-dried, and dehydrated foods. Our foods are time-tested to store for decades, require a minimum of time and energy to prepare while maintaining superior nutritional value, freshness, and taste. Our foods were designed for the space program and are in constant use today by our own nuclear submarine service. Contact the Freeze Dry Guy today at Freeze Dry Guy at Lancet.com. That's Freeze Dry Guy at L A N S E T.com or call 530 265 8333. 530 265 8333. And let them know you heard it on American Voice Radio. What makes deep sea salt from France so different? Up from the ocean depths in the south of France flow undersea rivers of pristine sea water. At high tide, the prepared salt ponds are filled with this water. Over spring and summer, processed only by ocean breezes and sunshine, the brine thickens and salt crystals float to the top. These are harvested with nets and deposited on wooden drainage flats to dry. The salt is then gathered up, packaged, and shipped around the world. This salt is much more than a box of lifeless sodium chloride. Soldiers worth their salt were once paid with this valuable commodity. It contains 78 to 84 balancing elements. This is living salt, and once you have tasted it, you will never go back to anything else. I've seen this salt in gourmet shops for $30 a pound. Get it now at 4spectrum.us for under $8 a pound. Order 10 pounds and enter the coupon code AVRSALT at checkout and save $20. Ships free to your door or call 800-581-8906. Order today. Americans for Immigration Control is a leading national organization dedicated to reasonable levels of legal immigration and effective enforcement to stop illegal immigration. With more than 250,000 members and supporters nationwide, we are an effective voice for immigration reform. AIC stands up in Washington for the views of most Americans on immigration. We are the leaders in stopping recent legislation to reward 10 million or more illegal aliens with legal status and eventual citizenship. The late Georgia Congressman Charlie Norwood had this to say about us. AIC has earned a reputation among members of Congress as one of the most active and responsive advocacy groups in the field of immigration. Join AIC today. For more information, go to our website, immigrationcontrol.com. That's immigrationcontrol.com or call 540-468-2023. That's 540-468-2023. Time and the Mississippi River, she's a gold dry. The interest is up and the stock market's down, and you're only getting mugged if you go downtown. I live back in the woods, you see. My woman and the kids and the dogs and me. I got a shotgun, a rifle, and a four-wheel drive, and a country boy can survive. Country folks can survive. I can plow a field all 
day long I can catch catfish from dusk till dawn Make our own whiskey and our own smoke too Ain't too many things these old boys can't do And homemade wine And country boy can survive Country folk can survive Because you can't stop a bout And you can't make a run Those women old boys raised on shotguns We say grace We say ma'am If you ain't into that From the West Virginia coal mines and the Rocky Mountains and the Western skies. And we can skin a buck, we can run a trot line, and a country boy can survive. Country folks can survive. Country folks can survive. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Survival Time with your host, Richard McGregor. For 30 September 2010, we've killed off another month. Another September has come and gone. And winter is coming upon us. Well, fall, and then we'll have winter. But fall, it starts to get cold, so I hope you're thinking about, uh, you know, cold weather preparation. A lot of people a lot of people I run into, you know, get in this mentality of preparing for survival. And some folks, they go, uh, well, it's summer. I'm just going to do my summer stuff here, you know. And they don't even think about they, You know, they go to a, they go to some place and... There's this polar fleece jacket in, you know, some natural organic color at a, at a Goodwill or a yard sale. It's two or three bucks, and they go, oh, yeah, it's 104 degrees out. I don't want to carry that coat around. I'm thinking about it. Now, survival is preparing for the future. So when you see those wintertime bargains, the guy's in Florida, and he's got the, the snowshoes, you know, he's going to sell them to you for a buck. Haul them back up here, you know, if you're on vacation down there, or ship them, whatever, you know, their snowshoes are expensive items. Uh, believe it or not, I bought my first set of uh, truck tire chains in Florida at a yard sale, brand-new unused Eagle Claws. They were probably a $100 set of chains by the time I bought them. I think I paid the guy 2 bucks. Still have those chains in an ammo can. Another good use for an ammo can is carry your tire chains in them. You can always, every... Every couple of months, open a can up, spray some WD-40 in there, and they don't rust. Okay, hey, I forgot to get the uh, show programming goodies out of the way here. This is Survival Time. Uh, again, your host, Richard McGregor. And uh, we're on American Voice Radio, AmericanVoiceRadio.com. And we're on several uh, local rebroadcast stations around the country and, uh, and, uh, and maybe a couple around the world. And uh, TalkStream Live, TalkStreamLive.com, uh, if you go over there and vote for us, we'd appreciate it there. Uh, click on the green bar and let us know, you know, that uh, you're listening to us. Help uh, help get our little standings up there so we can uh, lure in some good uh, paying sponsors in the future here for the show. We certainly need that. And uh, if you want to email me, that is uh, AVR Survival Time, all one word, lowercase, at Yahoo.com. And the phone numbers, live call-in show. You got a question? You want to? Got a concern? Got an issue? Uh, go ahead and give me a call. Eight hundred five nine six eight one nine one. Eight hundred five nine six eight one nine one. 
Or for those of you with unlimited minutes or international callers, it's area code 541-826-9159. 541-826-9159. For those of you also with unlimited calling plan and like to listen um, through your uh, through your wireless setting, your automobile, through your cell phone as you're driving along somewhere, it's uh, area code 218-862-7200. 218-862-7200. And you need the code... 361-113, you can listen to the show over your phone. But do rem- do remember, you need an unlimited phone plan or you wouldn't like your phone bill after you listen to two hours if you had to pay per the minute. All right, uh, now we've got all those goodies out of the way. Uh, to show a uh, quote or thought for this week, it's kind of like a uh, kind of, kind of uh, borrowing from Mr. Ben Shadler here and kind of a, uh, it's kind of a, you have to, in visualizing your mind, it's kind of a, a cartoon over the radio, kind of a so to speak, uh, although it's not really, it's just words. If you wrote it out, you could see how it comes out. Just a little saying I came up with, a uh, little way I wrote this. And uh, it's a question. Are you American or un-American? And for those of you out there, kind of end of New World Order, un-UN, get it? Anyway. And a little picture of the U.N. there with its little world with the circle slash through it, you know, mean no. So that's the answer. Should be a bumper sticker or a T-shirt. Maybe someday we'll throw it together. All right. Those of you who'd like to uh, throw us a snail mail, it's uh, AVR, Survival Time, Care of, Professional's Choice, P.O. Box 2337, White City, Oregon, 97503. That's AVR Survival Time Care Professionals Choice, P.O. Box 2337, White City, Oregon, 97503. We're back in beautiful southern Oregon tonight, uh, coming to you live from the uh, left coast of the United States of America and the Constitution for the United States for America. That's something you might want to go take a look at someday when you're reading the Constitution. It doesn't say of, it says for. And also look at the fact that the word United is not capitalized. These are little small side rabbit trail tidbits I'm just throwing out there since I'm talking about them. All right, tonight I've got a cute little deal here. Uh, went down to local uh, sportsman's warehouse. Now some of you have got those in your area, some of you don't. Some of you have got Cabela's. Uh, and there's a couple of other, you know, have an REI or a North Face. So you've got the, the, the mainline sporting outfits, or you can go online. And there's a company some of you are familiar with, uh, Columbia River Knife and Tool, CRKT. And I was down there looking around at their knives, you know, checking out, doing some homework for the show, and uh, they've got this little box, and it looked like a Sucrets box. In fact, it probably is a Sucrets box. It's just got a different, it's got their logo stamped into the lid of it, and it's painted tan. And then underneath it says Ritter RSK Mark V. Well, I thought, well, you know, let me take a look at that. And it was a little knife, a little neck knife. Doesn't come with any cord, though. You kind of have to get your own cord for the for the actual neck. It's got a cord for the handle part. But it's a little plastic scabbard and locks in. It's got a little a little hole to put the lanyard through. And it, it, uh, it's got a real good handhold lanyard, but I intend to shorten mine up a little bit. I don't want it that long. It's about uh, 10 inches long, so I'm going to sh- shorten it up. So about a little one-and-a-half-inch blade. It's all skeletonized. There's no handle on it. Uh, it's It's got its own skeletonized handle. makes it real light. It's got a couple of holes on it. 
way it's designed with some little grooves on it for holding and for also lashing it down to make a small spear point. Uh, it's a multi-use item, and it fits inside this little Sucrets can, and it's scabbard. And uh, it turns out they got a guy who's, uh, I guess he's, uh, you know, I, I mean, I've been big into being survival for, oh, God, over 30 years, 35-plus years, plus my Boy Scout time. I mean, if I go back to back to then, we're talking 40-plus years. But officially a quote-unquote survivalist, kook, wacko, or nut for 35 good years, solid. And I'm telling you, there are people out there that, you know, I've heard of a lot of people, and then there's people, you know, and they've got to be renowned because they've got their name on a knife in a box. They've got a card with instructions. And it's called Building Your Pocket Survival Tin. Remember we talked about pocket survival tins, getting the Altoids cans or the Sucrets cans or getting a little round Nivea or an empty shoe polish container and making a survival tin out of it? Well, that's what this guy's done. He's got a Columbia River knife to get a little knife, fits in the tin, and inside to give you a card of suggested items to put in the tin. That's a nice little card. It's waterproofed, uh, folds up, fits in the can. It's got a picture of the guy. Uh, it says, uh, you know, let's see, what's the guy's name? Dennis Doug Ritter. And I guess he's got some kind of foundation, and I guess he sells stuff. So uh, it's called Equip to Survive Foundation, www.equipped.org. So you might want to go check that out, Equipped to Survive Foundation. And I'll go ahead. Uh, it's Columbia River Knife and Tool. You can call them to find out where this knife, if you don't have a store in your area, one that I listed, maybe you can call them and see who, who in the area has got it, or maybe they'll sell it to you uh, over, the, over the phone. I'm sure they would. And Columbia River Knife and Tool, uh, they're, they're up here in Tualatin, Oregon. That's not too far from Portland. And that's area code 800-891- 3100 800-891-3100. It's a stainless steel knife. It costs nineteen ninety five, and it comes in, like I say, a little metal tin. And it's uh, pretty pretty nice. And uh, well, some of the items here he's listing on his card that he would suggest you put in, we've talked about on the show before, but I'll go ahead and let me get my uh, additional eye out here. Life sucks when you get old, folks, I'll tell you. My eyes go, and then the memory, and then everything else. All right, so these are just some of the things you know, he suggests. Uh, let's see, we get back up here to the beginning. Of course, Firestarter, we've talked about Firestarter, Tender, Signal Mirror, Whistle, Compass. And he explains, he gives a little explanation in each one of those, which is pretty doggone good, but we've talked about most of this stuff. Now, this is one, I talked about taking a piece of duct tape, and sticking it inside the lid of the tin or inside your, you know, getting out and put it, laying, laying out a, a thick, heavy sheet of plastic and laying it down in sheets of, you know, six or ten inches. He, he's got an idea here, which is, is perfectly valid and would work as well. He says take a short, stubby pencil and roll 12 to 18 inches around the short, stubby pencil. <coughs> Excuse me, folks. And that'll fit into your tin or take a... An, you know, old credit card that you've cut up and cut it off into a sliver and wrap it around that, and it'll lay in there nice and flat. And then you don't have to peel it off in its whole two-inch two wide or two-and-a-half-inch wide. You can peel it off in sections as you need it. Actually get three times the use out of that length of, of tape. Uh, needle and thread and uh, safety pins, 
um, tin foil, nylon cord. Now, tin foil, tin foil, basic. You can you can cook in it. You know, you can take a fish, wrap it up, you cook it in the coals. You know, and uh, if you get some real heavy duty, professional grade heavy duty stuff, you know, you keep a keep a good good sheet of that around. Also, be used uh, for making emergency fishing lures. Uh, even to a certain degree, if you spread it out and smoothed it out enough, if you broke your mirror or lost your mirror, you needed two signal mirrors, you could probably make an impromptu mirror that would not work as good as a regular mirror, but it would have some aspects of, of, of working. Uh, paper and pencil. You might want to leave a note that says, hey, we went this way. Come find us. We're traveling. We're you know injured. We're not injured. Uh, whatever. A uh, small miniature flashlight. And there's tons of those out there now, little LED lights. Uh a little fishing kit, we've talked about fishing kits, uh, basic medical supplies, and your personal medicines. Uh, now, remember we said, uh, I've talked about, you know, uh, some of you say, am I going to get all of that, and that's Sucret's tin? Maybe, maybe not. But remember, I've talked about build a little tin for fire. Build a little tin for medical. Build a little tin for general. Uh, build a little tin for emergency signaling. And then, you know, either use a, a, an ammunition bandolier, a little cotton ammunition bandolier, and, or, or get a little, a little convenient pouch. And anytime you go in the woods, make sure you've got that with you. You get a good quality hunting jacket for the fall. You're going out hunting. Got all these extra pockets in it. Put these little tins in those pockets. And if you're going boating or canoeing, you know, and, and, and he suggests you take some of the duct tape and, and wrap it around the tin. That's perfectly acceptable. That'll help keep moisture out. But, you know, take little plastic bags, the little teeny Ziploc bags, uh, you know, that you get at the coin store or at the, uh, at the, the head shop, and use those to subdivide medications and fish hooks and sinkers and keep everything, everything uh, segregated and separated. So this would be a good little knife with a, a good little foundation, a good little start, and get yourself some, uh, you know, uh, small whistle and, 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 and go ahead and build these little kits. Those of you that don't want to spend nineteen dollars on this little knife, uh, or twenty bucks actually, nineteen ninety-five, nickel shy of twenty. You know, get a razor blade. You know, get a single-edge razor blade. Get a couple of them and throw them in there. I'd throw a couple of those in there even with the knife. And plan too, and I do in my other kits. So you know, you can just build what you know. Don't forget a button compass. He didn't have that on that list, which I kind of thought was kind of strange not to have a button compass. I was uh, perusing through an Army survival manual this week, uh, kind of knocking some of the rust and the cobwebs out of my out of my brain there, and uh, came across a couple of things in the Army. You know, they, they suggested, you know, don't duplicate equipment. If you've got a piece of equipment which will perform the similar function of another piece of equipment, then why carry both? And to a certain extent, that's true, except remember now, in the Army, if they run out of something, get lost, get found, and had to utilize something, they got these beautiful uh, big dark green machines called UH-60 Blackhawk helicopters and CH-47 Chinook helicopters. It'll bring them tons of more supplies and equipment to replace whatever they expended or used. You and I don't. The point being, if you're going out somewhere in a, in a, in a let's say, post-apocalyptic, post-man, on-the-road survival scenario, and there's four or five of you, all five of you don't need to carry a shovel. All five of you don't need to carry a three-quarter axe. A couple of, three of you carry shovels, and two of you carry the axes. Everybody should have a machete. Speaking of machete, uh, this is another one. 
Uh, I don't have all the information. Uh, I only had one left, and uh, I put it on layaway uh, because, uh, well, I got to wait till tomorrow to get all the money <laughs> to go buy it. Anyway, it's called a Condor uh, Combat Machete. And for those of you familiar with uh, the ancient Roman military, it looks like a short gladius. And it's very comfortable. It's very it's ambidextrous, right or left-handed. It's fully sharpened on one side, uh, semi-fault sharpened halfway down the top on one side. It's got good steel in it. It's made in El Salvador. Uh, it's pretty heavy. Uh, it would do medium to semi-in-between medium-heavy chopping. I wouldn't start tackling anything bigger than a three- or four-inch tree with it. But uh, that's where your hand axe comes in handy, or a three-quarter axe, uh, to do that kind of work. But you certainly could take out small branch, build your poncho raft. Oh, by the way, I wanted to, I forgot on that poncho raft we talked about last week, you can add brow branches uh, to, you know, add a little more rigidity to the bottom of your poncho raft when you, before you put the rifles down, and you can always toss them. So that's just on the side note to recover the... I've got some illustrations on the poncho raft. And as soon as I get that website built, folks, I'll, I'll be putting up uh, uh, visual, visual instructions on a lot of the stuff we talk about and give you pictures of things so you can see, get a, get a good visual idea of what's going on and, and, and see the different things. But um, uh, the Condor, uh, it was forty nine ninety nine. I think it's a good price. It's uh, you know good 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 carbon steel, holding edge. It's got a good comfortable fixed handle. Had a nice leather sheath. Um, the only drawback is there was no attachment hole in the bottom of the sheath. I guess I'm going to have to get the punch out and make a hole so I can tie it down to the pack. Um, you want to take those kind of tools like that, like a machete. You want to put it on your backpack if you're right-handed. Uh, you'd want to put that on the right side, uh, which, you know, as you're, you know, facing the pack, so that you can just reach your hand right back up and grab it and pull it out, and you've got it handy. Uh, this is such a short item that if you, you know, built your field gear up with a small butt pack, say you're going to use the Army Alice pack as your backpack so that rides a little higher so you could actually have a small pack to the bottom of your equipment, I would actually probably attach this to the top of the butt pack. Uh, horizontally, and still could just be able to reach around right or left-handed and draw it without much problem. Uh, that would be an excellent place to have it. That way, if you did have to dump the pack, you'd still have that handy. And this would uh, fit the niche for tool knife. Uh, I think it might be just a smidgen too long to actually have down on the left side, but you could check into that for counterbalance of having a leg holster on the other side. You know, when you do do build a holster or buy a holster uh, for, you know, for the drop side of your leg on the, on the other side. You want to try to also build a pouch of equivalent uh, weight, you know, and put some emergency survival gear in it, some, some survival tabs, uh, extended first aid materials and supplies, uh, extended rations, things like that, so that uh, vitamins, minerals, whatever you need to, to survive, uh, maybe some extra magazines for your pistol, balancing out the weight and and attaching behind it flat up against the leg where the straps go down. And a lot of commercial stuff's doing this. I was doing this 25 years ago, putting a knife behind the holster for drop. First couple of drop holsters I made and showed them to fellows that I was with in the, in the, in the uh, National Guard. 
They thought I was nuts. Who would ever do that? Then uh, a few years later, everybody was wearing uh, holsters down on their legs, and they uh, I proved myself out right. I knew it worked. I knew it was a, a viable place. And the way I build mine, I tilt the holster slightly forward. So if you're sitting down in a vehicle, you can still draw your pistol. It's not hung up. It's not caught in behind a seat belt. Uh, it's not uh, pinched in from your bent angle sitting in the seat. And a lot of the a lot of the commercial ones that you'll find out there, uh, uh, tactical tailor. They're out of Washington State. They make a lot of professional gear for the military. It's not cheap, but it's it's well worth it. Well constructed. Condor, Condor's okay stuff, but you know it's sometimes they don't they don't use Condor nylon. They use a copy nylon. It is built in China. I'm not saying that that's bad, but. If I had Condor gear, anything that I get that is Condor, and I've got a few pouches that are made by them, I go to the corners and where I attach my points, and I take some extra thread, and I kind of stitch them up a little bit because, uh, well, you know, Murphy's out there, and I like to, you know, do be a little preemptive and just make it a little stronger because, uh, you know, if you're out there running through the woods and it breaks on you, it's too late to, you know, fix it then. And you might not have time to reach down and uh, straighten things out. So, you know, you want to get the best that your money can buy. And I- I'm telling you this, a used U.S. military or other foreign military, you know, top-line equipment is sometimes, you know, and most of the time, ten times better than brand-new commercial stuff. Just hands down. There are a few commercial items out there that that, you know, rank up there with military stuff. But then a lot of times the company that makes like Lowe made, uh, you know, out of Colorado, they made backpacks. And they made some really fantastic backpacks. And the military went to them and said, can you make us that in camouflage? And they said, uh, sure. So, you know, you know, one hand washes the other. Sometimes, you know, somebody develops some designs uh, in the military, something to use. And they have, they have what they do. I'll tell you how that works. Some of you might might find this interesting, uh, so you'll you'll kind of get an idea of uh, the quality that goes into military equipment. They have these boards at each one of the military. The Army's usually, you know, the Marine Corps will develop its own stuff, but for the most part, the Army kind of is in charge of developing a lot of equipment, and the Marine Corps might adopt from them if they don't want something specific to their own to their own system. But and then of course the Navy uses and the Air Force uses whatever the Army's pretty much thought of. As far as field gear and equipment like that, that goes. It's not something specific or generic to the Navy or the Air Force. Uh, you know, for their for their field operations, then they'll go get it from the Army. And these boards uh, go through and say, "Well, we need this, this, and this," and they they send out a request. They give their they they study the idea, a bunch of military officers and senior enlisted people. And then they ask the troops. They have a they have training companies there, and they have uh, they have experimental an experimental uh, uh, brigade, and they go out there and say, "Try this, and tell us what you think, and give us your feedback." And they get they get feedback from Private Snuffy Smith, and then they they get the the contractors to modify the product, and then they bring it in and they reevaluate it, and then they decide is this the way we're going to go, and they make their final revisions, and then they put out the stipulation and, and show how it has to be made, and they ask for contracts to be filled, and then uh, the companies bid on it, and, and they build it. And they make some pretty doggone serious stuff. And the military is always into triple, double-stitching and reinforced this, that, and the other thing. 
Now, with the nylon they use, it's pretty indestructible stuff. You can go 50 to 100 bucks, depending on whether you get it used, new, a medium, or a large Alice pack at a gun show or at a good surplus store, and you have a really good pack. You can do some modifications to it, but you know, go to Tactical Taylor's site, see his pocket editions for the Alice pack. They've gone in those guys were, you know, the Rangers are stationed out of out of Fort Lewis, Washington, and he's right outside the gates there. He was an Army sniper himself. So a lot of the modifications to the equipment are right from the guys who take and use the stuff in the field. And those of you that, you know, can sew, wife can sew, girlfriend can sew, a lot of guys can sew, get a machine, you can get some nylon material and you can make some of these additions yourself. And remember, just because you got an OD green Alice pack don't mean you have to go find OD green material. You can put brown, put gray. Guess what? You're making it camouflage. You're changing up. You're giving it different colors. Remember, you're going to hit your solid colored items with some spray paint in the future anyway, hopefully. Uh, remember to use flat colors. Okay. I'm getting wonder here if we're ever going to hear that music. We're getting close. There it is. Well, this is Survival Time with your host, Richard McGregor, on American Voice Radio. We'll be back after this break. Thank you. survive a food shortage lasting two weeks, six months, or maybe longer? Sound far-fetched? We live in precarious times. There is an ever-increasing possibility of food shortages caused by terrorist attacks, natural disasters, truck strikes, or monetary collapse. You owe it to yourself and family to prepare, and you can by getting a supply of our long-storing, freeze-dried, and dehydrated foods. Our foods are time-tested to store for decades, require a minimum of time and energy to prepare while maintaining superior nutritional value, freshness, and taste. Our foods were designed for the space program and are in constant use today by our own nuclear submarine service. Contact the freeze-dried guy today at freeze-dry-guy at lanset.com. That's freeze-dry-guy at l-a-n-s-e-t.com or call 530-265-8333. 530-265-8333. And let them know you heard it on American Boys Radio. 
Just what makes the acai berry such an exceptional fruit? The acai berry helps you lose weight by speeding up your metabolism. It bars increased weight from sugar. It even helps in burning trans fats. It helps you burn calories even while sleeping. The result is a healthy weight loss, which does not require starving yourself. But losing weight is only the beginning. The acai berry increases mental energy and sharp thinking, aids against allergic reactions, gives your skin a fit, shining glow, boosts firm, sound teeth, and combats cholesterol. The acai berry improves digestion, promotes circulation, helps prevent blood clots, and improves sexual function. You can pay up to $1 per gram for acai berry. Get it here for only 12 cents per gram at 4spectrum.us. 100% pure, wild-crafted acai berry powder. Order three pounds and get $100 off. Just enter AVR in the coupon code field to check out for your instant $100 off. Or call 800-581-8906 and get your acai berry today. Here's what an expert says about distilled water. If you decide on bottled water, make sure it's distilled. However, in the long run, you'll save money if you clean your water at home. It's more convenient than hauling gallon jugs from the store. The gold standard for purifying your water is a system that distills your water and filters it. You have the comfort of knowing there is no chlorine, fluoride, bacteria, viruses, pesticides, or lead. You get nothing but H2O, maximum health. Dr. Robert D. Willis Jr., M.D. Order your tabletop water distiller for $139.99 postpaid. It comes with everything you need to get pure distilled water. Go to superstore.theamericanvoice.com. That's superstore.theamericanvoice.com. Order now. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Let TalkStream Live transform the way you listen to radio. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store.
this is Survival Time with your host, Richard McGregor, on American Voice Radio, AmericanVoiceRadio.com. Appreciate it if you go over and vote for us on TalkStream Live, TalkStreamLive.com. And for those of you who'd like to give a call into the show, the number is 800-596-8191, 800-596-8191. And for those of you international callers or unlimited long distance, uh, you can call 541-826-9159. 541-826-9159. All right. Uh, you know, we're talking about different things here uh, over the over the months, and um, I've been really last week. I really wanted you to really, really press the the idea of getting yourself a, a, a firearm for personal protection of your of your family. And uh, I, I love the money here. I had the, I had the information on this one company. I, I'm pretty sure it's J and L, but don't don't uh, don't hold my feet to the fire on it. And I don't have their phone number handy, but any of you get a copy of the Shotgun News. Just about any good bookstore newsstand will have a have the Shotgun News. It costs you about four fifty or four seventy five for a copy. Comes out three times a month. I like to get the one that comes out at the first of the month. It's got the slick, glossy cover. It's usually got more better ads in it. Um, and uh, they happen to have, um, I, and I had mentioned this, oh, probably about six or eight weeks ago when I first saw them. They still had them uh, last time I checked with them. Um, the Smith & Wesson Model 64, that's a 38 Special, stainless steel. It was a four-inch heavy barrel, which uh, gives you a repeated continuous accuracy fire um, well, more like shooting a six-inch barrel, but it's still compact um, in a four-inch length. They were round butt, so they're actually easier to handle for smaller hands. But they had bobbed the hammer, so that makes them double action only. It means you can't cock the hammer and get a single action shot. But if you learn to do a two-stage trigger pull, and you can't teach that over over the over the air. But uh, a two-stage trigger pull, you can pick that up. Just about anybody who's a good firearms instructor will teach you to do that. You buy yourself six snap caps so you don't damage your pistol by dry firing it, and you put the snap caps in, and you sit there and watch the TV, and you practice your two-stage trigger pull. Basically, it allows you to, using just your finger on the double-action part of the trigger, you learn to snap it at such a – you become conditioned – doesn't take that long to train to do it. Most people can usually do it in the first 20, 30 minutes of practice. And you can get consistent or you can do it 99% of the time. What it is is you're pulling the trigger, yet using your finger to judge against the frame of the pistol and locking the hammer back but not going that last bit of the sear release. And it gives you like you're cocking it, like you're taking your time to put your thumb up there to cock the hammer for a single-action shot. It proves your accuracy because when you're pulling through on double action, if you don't do that hesitation, you don't get a chance to steady up. You have to use more more pressure, more force, you know, to hold the weapon on target. If you take a split second to line up that shot, uh, and that's if you've got the chance. I mean, it's different techniques. I'm not saying you do this every time, but 
if you learn to do a good two-stage uh, trigger trigger pull, you can pretty much run all six rounds in just a few seconds. Just a few seconds. It's amazing how fast. Uh, there's there's a fella. He's a sheriff in Louisiana. Holds the world's record for a revolver. He shoots 30 rounds in less than three seconds out of a python. And he's shooting speed loaders to reload. You know, and they only hold six rounds at a time. So he tell you, he's reloading it quite quick. Very, very fast. It's almost like he's shooting a machine gun. He shoots that pistol so quick. And uh, you can find that on YouTube. It's uh, Colt Python, uh, Louisiana Sheriff, fastest fastest revolver shooter in the world, uh, and reloads. Um, but that Smith & Wesson is ever bit as good. I mean, that is a fine quality weapon. And they're $239 for the second grade and $249 for the little hand select, $10 extra for quote-unquote not as many scratches. But stainless steel, who cares? It's been roughed up. These were Brinks security guard, armored car guard uh, guns, and they didn't want single action because they didn't want accidents. They only let them have double action. LAPD did did that to their revolvers back in the 70s. and to be perfectly honest with you, I bob the hammers on my little snub-nosed guns anyway that I carry on me because I don't want the hammer getting hung up on the clothes as I draw it out. You're going to use it double action anyway. So there's no disadvantages here on this pistol. And if you don't like the grips are on it, so for 20 bucks you buy another set of Pac-Man or Uncle Mike's or, or, or uh, um, Hogue. I like the Hogue mono grip. Um, and, and you buy yourself... Uh, Four speed loaders for eight bucks a piece, HKS speed loaders, and get some ammo. And 38, 38 plus piece, plenty. Okay, a lot of people been have died from holes in 38 caliber in their in their body. So don't don't be put off by that. I'd rather you have six to throw back at them uh, than not to have any in a, in a in a life threatening situation. And just about every time a gun comes into play, if there's more than one individual involved, they'll all get up and go while their buddy's dying. They don't want to hang around and be the next one. They're, you know, criminals are basically cowards. That's why they hunt in packs. They don't have enough gumption to do it on their own. Of course, you do get the lone wolf. Well, if you got the lone wolf, you get six rounds for the lone wolf. You can always back off retreat and reload on the run. Um, So that would be an excellent, excellent pistol uh, if you don't have a lot of money, uh, they don't make that pistol anymore. Uh, probably would make it a run-up for a law enforcement contract or a security guard company if, if somebody wanted a lot of them. But if they were producing that pistol today and it was at retail in a gun shop, it would be close to $500. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with these guns. They got carried more than they ever got shot. And... Uh, you would you would uh, you would go long and hard to find yourself you know any equivalent gun. Now I was at the Portland Gun Show here a couple of weeks ago, and I was a Model 19 six inch laying on a table for two hundred ninety nine dollars. That was an outstanding price. But then again, you're now you're you're hitting three hundred. So uh, you know we're talking about you know trying to stay below two fifty. Uh, you know, when not buying a piece of junk, and you can get guns out there. There's a I saw a Chinese made 38 snub nose, kind of ugly as sin, but it was hard, heavy steel, and you know, 
unless there was some flaws in the metal, I'd have no doubt that the thing worked. I mean, it, it was a tight action. The thing was $98. But it was kind of clumsy and ungainly, and I'd, I'd rather see you take that 100 bucks and throw it toward one of these Smiths and get yourself a much finer handgun, much better, much better pistol. And uh, remember now, when you get these weapons, you're going to want to get some spare parts. In a revolver, you're definitely only going to get at least one extra firing pin and its roll pin to hold it in. Um, and, you know, a hand, what's called a hand for turning the cylinder and other, other miscellaneous parts, you wouldn't hurt yourself by getting the springs and, and, and a couple of extra spare screws and things like that. Stuff that could come off that you could lose. Not much you can do if something goes wrong with your cylinder except replace it with a whole new cylinder, and I don't think you really need and very little that can you know go along with that. So I, I wouldn't uh, wouldn't worry about trying to have a spare cylinder or that kind of level of spare parts. But um, you know, if you were in a community grouping and there was you know three or four dozen people, then you guys might want to really start to think about getting together you know a lot of spare parts for all the different weapons that are within your group. And uh, it sounds crazy, but sometimes buying a whole complete other gun and just keeping it around as potential uh, hanger queen for stealing the parts off of. I mean, if you took all the parts on that Model 64 and went and bought them individually, you'd be back up to around $500. So if you bought a yet another one, uh, you'd have a second gun, but you'd also have, uh, in any absolute dire emergency, you would have some spare parts at half the price that you would buy the spare parts individually or singularly off the frame. Uh, just something to think about. If you're out there and you've got a, a deal coming up and there's a cheap rifle or you're at a yard sale and there's a gun sitting there and it's got some broken or missing parts, and they're willing to take 5 or 10 bucks, it's spare parts. And anything you don't use, there's always somebody else out there that will be willing to buy it from you. In fact, there's a company back east called Numerich Arms, and they buy. They'll buy one or a hundred. They don't care. They're looking for the parts. And when they get them, they tear them all completely apart and put the barrel in one place and the screws and all the stock and all the other parts. And they just, and then when somebody calls them and says, hey, I need an X, they go over to the bin. Yeah, we got one. Here it is. That's how much it is. Likewise, if you've got something that needs some parts, look them up, numercharms.com. And you are... In, no, N-U-M-E-R-I-C-H, Numerich, Arms. Uh, so I've got a second name. It used to be Gun Parts uh, Corporation Incorporated. Uh, they they kind of combined with another another company a few years ago. Uh, West Hurley, New York. They're out of West Hurley, New York. Now we're talking about weapons, and it's not even the last hour. Half It's not the last hour of the show, but that's okay. Moving along. Uh I'm going to talk a little bit more about a couple of items in the first aid that I just want to reiterate this is, is uh, we're talking about sterilization here with a friend of mine the other night and hydrogen peroxide. Just even the brown bottles of hydrogen peroxide that you get at the, at the drug store, the grocery store, or at the dollar store are, are, are just going to be invaluable. And eight of those little brown bottles fit perfect in a 50 caliber ammo can. Keeps the sunlight off of them, you know, and that uh, keeps the air out of them. Uh, remember we've talked about the uh, used food-grade uh, plastic buckets, you know, we really don't want to 
especially the ones that were vinegary and had pickles in them and stuff like that. And we wouldn't want to ever use those for food stores, uh, food stocks again. There is a there is an exception to that rule. Uh, along in the medicinal, medical, cleaning, sterilization slash food preparation, vinegar. Vinegar is uh, a good astringent. It's good to use for pickling. Get the gallon jugs. They're pretty pretty rugged. Pretty thick, but you know you might want to uh, you know to protect them a little bit more. Take and put a couple of them down inside a five-gallon uh, bucket, along with some toilet paper and some other things. Remember, fill in the spaces. Always, always use what's available there, and just put something in there that's not going to be spoiled by the by the leached in uh, uh, from the previous food that was in that was in the bucket. The other thing to go along with having around for you know sterilization with the hydrogen peroxide is bleach. And, you know, I don't know about the off-brands of bleach. I do know that Clorox has the high chlorine content mixture with its, you know, that's all got water in it, but uh, that's, that's some pretty good bleach. And you don't want to get the scented stuff. Get the unscented, plain Jane, regular bleach. Get a few gallons of it. You know, there are actually right now movements by the greenies trying to ban bleach. They think bleach is so harmful for the environment. Well, you know what happened when they uh, got DDT banned. Now they say that over 300,000 children in third world countries have died to diseases because uh, they no longer are able to use DDT and and to keep the mosquitoes and and the flies, tsetse flies down. And so these children get bit and they get disease and they die. All because one one nice uh, liberal greeny woman here in the United States decided uh, without without full informed knowledge of the whole aspect of everything decided to go out and uh, get DDT banned instead of instead of insisting that the rest of the world use the 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 application processes and the control and the licensing that the United States had implemented and was making sure that farmers used uh, we just let get rid of something that actually was actually a beneficial chemical and actually did a lot of good for mankind. Uh, I don't think 250,000 plus children would have died from having it likely applied to crops at the critical time to keep pests down. Uh, I could be wrong about that, but I don't think I am. There's been a lot of people with a PhD behind their name come up with the same solution and the same conclusion on that DDT situation. So you need that bleach. So get it. That's another thing you want to have in your long-term survival uh, goods. You can always, in a, in a, I know some of you are going to go, oh, horror, horror. We're talking about, you know, when we talk about medicines and, and, and drugs and things like that, we're talking about the, you know, poop has hit the fan and you don't have a doctor and the homeopathic is going to take a long time to work and you're in pain right then and there. And you need to you need to get on with it. You're in an emergency need to eat food, so you had to store some foods that might have had some chemicals in it that helped them store that you normally wouldn't eat on a day-to-day basis. The chemical a- application, but it's a similar food that you would eat. You know, if you're if you're going to lose three or four days of your life from eating something like that, compared to the fact that now you're going to get to survive through the turmoil because you had something to eat, weigh the cost. It's the same thing with chemicals and, 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 and the things like that. You've got to weigh the cost 
and decide, you know, that having those those things are are, are beneficial in the long run. And bleach is absolutely one of those things that in the long run is majorly beneficial. And one thing that you can do with bleach in any pinch in an emergency is you can purify water with it. Eight drops to a gallon. It's cloudy, 12 drops. You know, get a coffee filter, you know, put some coffee filters in your survival kit, even whether you're not doing coffee, because you can always pour cloudy or dirty or muddy water through them and filter out the heavy particulates. My water still might be tan looking when you're finished. Drop some bleach in it. Might not look appetizing, but it's wet, and it'll do its job, and it'll work. And what little bit of impurities are in it, you let your body do the work. Remember, this show and, and this 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 network, for its most part, most everybody's coming from a perspective of, of Christianity, a belief in the Bible, and belief that <clears throat> excuse me that God is ultimately in charge. And when you ask or have your food prayed over, that's what you're doing, is you're asking God to cover you. You're doing the best you can. Excuse me, folks, I've got a really heavy cough coming on here. We're going to have to pull the phone away. (coughs) Sorry about that. It's that time of the year. Anyway, you you, uh, ask God to cover what you can't cover yourself, and and you have faith, and you let, then you let the body do the work. The human body is a, an amazing, amazing system. Uh, it can it can do uh, it can do uh, lots and lots of things. Our friend of mine, uh, we were talking last night, and it just you know it was just in conversation. I mean, it's obvious, but you realize that your your, your intestines, your stomach. Your your esophagus, you know, from your mouth to your rectum, is technically it's in your body, but it's not in your body. It's its own system. It's basically one way. You put the food in, it filters out the nutrients that it needs to feed your blood. But there is no blood in in those parts. That's why if you get a, a stomach wound. You know, you, you can get really, really sick because you're letting all that stuff out into your body, and that's where you get peritonitis and, and other other infections. That's why having a colloidal silver and a colloidal silver machine uh, handy and, and enough uh, uh, jewelers-grade silver, not coins. We never want to use coins with colloidal silver because we don't want to turn into grays. Uh, and, and other people would say you're from another planet, Xeon or, or Flashbulb or whatever. But um, I'm not big into the UFOs either, folks. I I think they're demons manifesting themselves, personally. Side note there. Uh, And I really wouldn't worry about them if you're secure in Christ. All you got to do is say in Yeshua's name, be gone, and mean it. And they can't touch you. They're gone. And for those of you who feel the necessary needs, you can always throw some lead at them, just to, you know, see if they do. Uh, bleed green blood or purple blood, whatever. I'm sure they're not going to stay around very much being uh, dimensional demons as I believe they are. But that's another show and another, uh, in some cases, a whole other network. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so bleach, hydrogen peroxide, you want some vinegar. Definitely, definitely get get some soap, you know, just laundry soap. 
wash your clothes. You know, have that stockpiled. You know, if you go out and look at what you use in a year's time, and you bought over the next six months a complete replacement set of everything that you would use in a year that's shelf life stable that could last that long and had it in your house, put away, and then rotated through it and replaced it as if now you, you've got your big thing of laundry detergent. When it gets down to the last little thing you go, you put that on your list. Next time you go to the store, you buy one. Well, if you had another one already there, and when you get down to that, that, that level on that, the one you're using, you've still got the new one, then you just put the new one up there, but then you go immediately and replace it. Don't let your hold back get empty. You lose your job and you're out of work for six, eight months, and you've got basically all your household materials taken care of, uh, you're, you're not going to be as under the pressure and under the gun. And, you know, the economic people do say, if you had enough money to pay six months of your bills, well, that's a big, that's tough for me. I know it's tough for everybody. But you do what you can, you know, and if you've got all the, all the accoutrements and the accessories uh, caught up, well, then you're just that much further ahead in case something something does happen. And if it's beyond personal economic and it's it's a total thing, a disaster of whatever proportion, then then you're covered. You've got your you've got your materials. You can you can survive better than the other people. Now remember, if you make it, I would say conservatively, if you make it past the first 30 days, because that's when all the chaos and tumult. And, and a lot of people are, it's always at the beginning of the war and at the end of the war are the most dangerous times. So the disaster begins. There's the initial shock, a week to ten days. After that, the looting really starts to take off. Those people who see there's no more law enforcement who already had a bent on being evil and, and, and negative are going to do more evil and negative. They're going to be people who realize they're evil and negative, aren't going to tolerate it, and they're going to eliminate them. Some of those folks, unfortunately, will get eliminated. And after about a month, that pretty much will settle down. And then there'll still be groups on both sides of that coin, but it'll start to get more structured. It won't be so radical. It won't be spread out. It won't be so wild. And you can form your groupings. All right, there's Mr. Cash. We're at the top of the hour, 7 o'clock out here on the left coast time, 30 September. This is Survival Time with your host, Richard McGregor, American Voice Radio. Run on for a long time, run on for a long time. Sooner or later, gotta cut you down. Sooner or later, gotta cut you down. Go tell that long-tongued liar. Go and tell that midnight rider. Tell the rambler, the gambler, the backbiter. Tell him that God's gonna cut him down. Tell him that God's gonna cut him down. Well, my goodness gracious, let me tell you the news. My head's been wet with the midnight dew. I've been down on bended knee, talking to the man from Galilee. He spoke to me in a voice so sweet, I thought I heard the shuffle of angels sleep. He called my name and my heart stood still, when he said, John, go do my will. Go tell that long-tongued liar, go and tell that midnight rider, tell the rambler, the gambler, the... 
Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Let TalkStream Live transform the way you listen to radio. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Americans for Immigration Control is a leading national organization dedicated to reasonable levels of legal immigration and effective enforcement to stop illegal immigration. With more than 250,000 members and supporters nationwide, we are an effective voice for immigration reform. AIC stands up in Washington for the views of most Americans on immigration. We are the leaders in stopping recent legislation to reward 10 million or more illegal aliens with legal status and eventual citizenship. The late Georgia Congressman Charlie Norwood had this to say about us. AIC has earned a reputation among members of Congress as one of the most active and responsive advocacy groups in the field of immigration. Join AIC today. For more information, go to our website, immigrationcontrol.com. That's immigrationcontrol.com or call 540-468-2023. That's 540-468-2023. There are nine kinds of water. Hard water, raw water, boiled water, soft water, rain water, snow water, filtered water, deionized water, and distilled water. Only one of these kinds of water is good for you. Distilled water is water which has been turned into vapor so that all its impurities are left behind. Then, by condensing, it is turned back to pure water. It is the only water which is pure, the only water free from all impurities. The choice is clear. Dr. Alan E. Bannock. Order your tabletop water distiller for $139.99. Post-paid. It comes with everything you need to get pure distilled water. Go to superstore.theamericanvoice.com. That's superstore.theamericanvoice.com. Order now. Can your family survive a food shortage lasting two weeks, six months, or maybe longer? Sound far-fetched? We live in precarious times. There is an ever-increasing possibility of food shortages caused by terrorist attacks, natural disasters, truck strikes, or monetary collapse. You owe it to yourself and family to prepare, and you can by getting a supply of our long-storing, freeze-dried, and dehydrated foods. Our foods are time-tested to store for decades, require a minimum of time and energy to prepare, while maintaining superior nutritional value, freshness, and taste. Our foods were designed for the space program and are in constant use today by our own nuclear submarine service. Contact the Freeze Dry Guy today at Freeze Dry Guy at Lancet.com. That's Freeze Dry Guy at L A N S E T.com or call 530-265-8333. 530-265-8333 and let them know you heard it on American Voice Radio. 
American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. I've been down on bended knee Talking to the man from Galilee He spoke to me in a voice so sweet I thought I heard the shuffle of angels sleep He called my name and my heart stood still When he said, John, go do my will Go tell that long-tongued liar Go and tell that midnight rider Tell the rambler, the gambler, the backbiter Tell him that God's gonna cut him down God's gonna cut him down You can run on for a long time Run on for a long time Run on for a long time Sooner or later gotta cut you down Sooner or later gotta cut you down Well you may throw your rock Hide your hand Working in the dark against you, fellow man. But as sure as God made black and white, what's done in the dark will be brought to the light. You can run on for a long time. Run on for a long time. Run on for a long time. Sooner or later, gotta cut you down. Sooner or later, gotta cut you down. Go tell that long-tongued liar Go and tell that midnight rider Tell the rambler, the gambler, the backbiter Tell him that God's gonna cut you down Tell him that God's gonna cut you down Tell him that God's gonna cut you down You got that straight. God will cut those evil people down. He's gonna help us. You just gotta be... Got to be hooked up with him, be on his team. All right, this is Survival Time with your host, Richard McGregor, American Voice Radio. We want to thank you folks out there who are at TalkStream Live, on over there and voted for us. Pushed us up to good, solid number one. We like that. That's good for us. And uh, for those of you who'd like to email us, uh, our email address is avrsurvivaltime at yahoo.com. AVR Survival Time, all one word, lowercase, at yahoo.com. And the phone numbers, anybody would like to give a call in there, it's 800-596-8191, 800-596-8191. Those of you with unlimited minutes or international callers, area code 541-826-9159, 541-826-9159. And the voice bridge, 218-862-7200, 818 you got to have the code 361-113, And you can then uh, run, it through your, run it through your telephone. you got to have unlimited minutes there because you don't want to rack up a cell phone bill at uh, 25 cents a minute for two hours. That'd be kind of, I don't, you know, I, I got good things to say, but I don't know if they're worth 25 cents a minute sometimes. <laughs> All righty, folks. A uh, couple of other issues here that we were we addressed those issues earlier. 
One thing I wanted to talk about um, is uh, oh, it's a kind of a cultural survival thing. Uh, I talked a little bit last week. I kind of got off on my got on the soapbox and talked about we as Americans have a particular culture, and there seems to be this attack against our culture. And I was I was thinking all this week. As as a nation, how can we you know how can we survive this onslaught, this invasion? And that's what it's you know if if all these immigrants that are illegal, we're not talking. I'm talking about the people who you know pay their dues, put in their time, come in and, and get educated, learn to speak the language, you know, learn the customs and the traditions adopt their family and graft in, send their children to a regular school, don't look for anything special, and and work hard. And you've heard the stories, a lot of these people, they come in, they didn't ask for anything. Or or let's say, you know, all those Vietnamese that came in at the, at the fall of Saigon, you know, at the end of the Vietnam War, you know, they did get some helping hands. And there are a lot of those folks now that, you know, they built restaurants and other businesses, and they give back to their community all the time. Uh probably give back more than they ever got, you know, and there were people that were bemoaning them getting a little bit of help. Uh, you know, had we not gotten involved in Southeast Asia, there's a whole mess of politics there and caused them to have to flee their homes because, hey, they were on our side. They fought with us. And oh, we're going to just leave them abandoned to be murdered by the, you know, and 400,000 of them were murdered. Uh, by the North Vietnamese, sold off into slavery or just outright killed, uh, you know, to the Chinese and to the Russians. Uh, so we owed them. Uh, what I'm saying about this influx of illegal immigrants, and I don't care where they're from, I don't care if they're from south of the border, uh, from some Pacific Island nation, from some, you know, Asiatic country, uh, I don't care if they're from Europe and they're illegal. Uh, you know, I don't care if they're from Canada and they're illegal. If they don't come down here and say, we're in America, you know, why are they coming to America? Because of the economic advantage. Well, if it's good enough for you to come here to live off of the, 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 the teeth, so to speak, then it's good enough to become an American in, in, you know, not all of your aspects of your life, but, you know, learn the language show some common decency and some respect uh, to to the nation that you're going to call home or you're getting your sustenance from. And to me, if you're here legally, you've got to put in your five years to get your citizenship, and you have to show proficiency in the language, proficiency in the English language, the written word, uh, you know, uh, how to how to write it. You've got to prove that. You've got to say, hey, I, I can communicate. I can I can be an American and speak English. So companies and businesses, this is my event. This is this is my this is my grassroots movement. Uh you heard it here first, thirty September, American Voice Radio. Let's let's start this. Tell all your friends. And it's this this does require some action on your part. It does require you sit down and shoot off an email or get the phone number. A lot of companies got eight hundred numbers. Call them. You know, tell them, if your packaging, first off, 
if they're here legally, they're going to learn English, you're doing them a disservice by providing the product in two languages. First off, you're making it difficult for an American, especially someone that has poor eyesight, to read the instructions on the back of your package because now you've got to take it up for a second language. So you shrink it down. You make it much more difficult to read. You've seen some of the writing on the back of some product packaging now? It's ridiculous. So then you're, you're giving them a crutch. You're not doing them any, any, any benefit. If they're here legally, they're supposed to be learning to speak the language. You're supposed to have some, some ability. And i got to be perfectly honest, folks. If you see a can of pinto beans, you know it's a pinto bean. You usually got a picture of the pinto bean on the front. I mean, you know, somebody look at it and go, oh, pinto bean, you know, and they'll eventually figure it out that a pinto bean is a frioli. You know, it's not that difficult. It's not that difficult to go into a store and see, oh, yeah, I can buy that. I'm not talking about a product that is made overseas specifically and it's brought in as a, as a luxury item. I'm talking about it's being made right down the street from your house and it's in two or three languages on the can. That's ridiculous. Call them and tell them that as long as that product is in any other language in the United States for domestic sales in the United States, as long as that can is in any other language than English, you're not buying it. Okay, the exceptions would be canned food warehouse when it's got an overrun of stuff that they made for Saudi Arabia, and it's all in it's all in Arabic. But they'll list a, and you know half the time they've got enough English words on it so that you know what it is, and you can see the picture. It's pineapple, whatever, however that's written and pronounced in Arabic. But the point the point being, if it's a domestically made canned good box of crackers, cookies, I don't care, loaf of bread. You know, it's not it's not everywhere yet, but it seems to be getting more and more bags of candy now. Are got to be in two languages? Excuse me. Where I really get irritated is in an electronic appliance that basically is only good in the United States and Canada. Won't even work in Mexico, but the instruction books in fourteen languages. Excuse me. It can't be used in Mexico. It can't be used in Guatemala. It can't be used in China. It's the wrong. It's the wrong voltage and currency. So why do we need to have you know a, a half a pound of paper, and you know the language so so uh, you know wording so small that it's difficult for an American to use? So I'm asking you to join me and participate in this cultural survival movement. Save American culture. Demand that product. It's American-made products sold in the United States, intended for the shelves in the United States, only be in English. And if you're in a store and they're starting to change the signs up and put the uh, description in more than one language, go to the manager. I've gone to the manager in the local stores here, and I've told them, when you put, a, when you put anything besides English up there for this aisle description, I quit shopping here. And guess what? They had actually were in the thinking about doing that about four years ago at one of the grocery stores, the local grocery store. They didn't do it. I don't know that I'm the only one that ever said anything, but I had a talk with the owner and I explained this situation to him. And besides just being one guy telling a few people around here this idea, I thought, well, okay, I've got this form. I can tell a few more people. And I'm not being evil or mean to anybody else around the rest of the world. I, I, I want your culture. I want the Australian culture to remain Australian. I want African culture to remain African. 
I don't want us to all be this one world watered down, you know. The whole point of travel was to go someplace and see something different. I remember when I was in the Navy back in the 70s, we were overseas and, and we got these Toblerone candy bars. And that was really good Swiss chocolate, especially the white chocolate. And I really liked it and it was a real special treat. And then we come back to the States and you couldn't get it anymore. Then all of a sudden, I'm in, uh, oh, about 10 years later, I'm in, in one of these uh, Pier 1, and there it is. Well, you know, the demand, I guess, got to be in the profit margin and everything, but you know what? It's not special anymore. You know, if the product becomes so widely available, and then I've got to tell you, when something's small and not made a lot of, a lot of care, and all of a sudden when it gets expanded... They don't use the same ingredients, the quality controls, and the check. So we actually lose something when something becomes such in demand. Uh, better that someone invent a similar item and make it regional and local within their country or their part of the country and keep that individual flavor alive and going. I mean, how boring would the country be if every bridge was painted orange and called some kind of gate? You know, a golden gate to the Mississippi, a golden gate to the harbor of New York. I mean, it it pretty soon gets awfully doggone boring. You wouldn't want to go to San Francisco to see the Golden Gate Bridge because you could go anywhere else and see one. You know, know, New Orleans has a certain flavor to it, and you're not going to find that anywhere else. But People sure are trying to reduplicate that. I mean, the most glaring example of the destruction of our culture is Las Vegas or as I like to call it, lost wages. Um, You know, I mean, the ridiculousness of having the Statue of Liberty in the desert. It's, you know, a a mock-up of New York City. I mean, it's, I I just don't know. It's excess, it's it's a destruction of our culture, our mindset, and and that's going to lead to us losing our identity. And when you've lost your identity, it's kind of detracts from your ability to actually, you know, be ready to survive. Be ready to, you know, move forward for the future and, and take care of uh, what's coming down the pike, what's what's happening. All right. I hope you're out there getting your food together. Uh, remember to, you know, get those uh, beans and rice. We like those pinto beans and rice. makes a complete protein. Uh, so be sure to be stockpiling that. And remember to do your micro-purchasing. You're in the grocery store and you're going to buy two bars of soap, buy three. You know, budget that a little extra. You need that part-time job, you know, go go get it. You know, deliver those pizzas two or three nights a week. Take the pizza money and the tips. Put that in your uh, AK rifle jar. You know, put that in your I'm going to buy extra beans this week jar. You know, get 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 busy. You know, the sun is shining. You need to be making hay as we speak right now. Uh, you know, and we could go on. We could go on in 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 this way for another ten years. I'm not saying that the disaster is impending tomorrow. We will know politically where we stand after the November elections because, you know, the the nasty little thing is if the Democrats lose, they still have a lame duck session where they're planning to pass all manner of legislation. 
and and they'll have their Senate, they've got their president, and they won't have any compunction of playing games and sitting around. They'll move legislation so fast it'll make your head spin. And we all need to be on guard. You need to you need to have the phone number of your local guy. You need to you need to tell him if he ever even wants to live back in the community where he got elected from again, he better not get hinky and start voting for a bunch of minutia if he loses. Needs to be, you know, pretty much shown the writing on the wall so he knows where his bread is buttered, especially if he's got some business in your community. You let him know that you'll be out in front with a dozen other people with signs telling everybody what kind of rat he is and, and run his business into the ground. you got to have exercise some kind of control over these people. These professional politicians went off and thought they were ensconced forever, and some of them are going to lose, and they're going to be upset. And they may decide that they're just going to go ahead and try to hammer the American population I- I- into the ground. And who, who knows? You know, they may, uh, they may have all manner of little, little uh, tricks up their sleeve. They have these omnibus, um, totally encompassing political uh, mandates that they, they're giving the president all this authority to all of a sudden do these beyond executive orders without congressional review or oversight. That never was intended to be like that. So, you know, be prepared for that. Be prepared politically, but be prepared food-wise. Be prepared with your, your firearms and your ammunition. Now, if, God forbid, they don't lose, they get to maintain control of the House and the Senate, then they're just going to take that as a mandate, and it, it is going to get rough for the next two years. I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going to lose. I think they're going to lose big. I think they have a very good chance of losing both houses. But let's say they lose one. That's all we need. All we need is, is some people with some gumption and, and, and won't agree and won't... won't uh, Play, play patty cake with them and say no, but foot down and mean it and stick to it, we can tie them up for two years. And the whole life could get a whole lot better. And in that two years' time, uh, we need to work toward your local communities. And those of you who are looking to move, I still say move to Oregon. Uh, you know, it's a pre-Civil War state, so it's still, it's still uh, under the original organic constitution. Uh, it's not a provisional state. It was actually enacted and voted in by all the fellow states at the time, 1859. It's the last legal state. Everybody that was admitted into the Union after that was admitted in during the time of martial law, martial law rule, and it was voted in by Congress. It wasn't passed according to the Constitution, brought into the Union properly with the uh, permission of the state houses of all the already existing member states, and they weren't required to be republics. Prior to 1860, the Civil War, before before martial law, uh, you had to be a republic before you could become a state. You had to be an independent, sovereign republic. Uh, And like I say, Oregon's the last one. So that that does have foundation for when you're writing your you're 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 making your legal attacks in the courts. It's it's a matter of standing and jurisdiction. And I know a lot of you go in your gut and say, "Well, this is right, and I just want to do that." Well, you know what? Even God, you know, you know, laid it out and and wasn't quick to just respond 
You know, he, he told he told um, he told Abraham he wouldn't destroy, you know, Sodom if if he found you know, ten. And he kind of got a little testy when he got him down to well, if there's just one, he said, don't try me. But he he had a format, and he was willing to you know, and he, and before he really hammered Israel on many things, he let them he let them go, he let them slide quite a bit. Look what he look what he did with Pharaoh in Egypt to the Israelites. He he waited a long time to chasten them, and then when he got down to really getting it, got closer and closer toward the 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 crescendo, you know, and then it got worse and worse and worse. So, you know, we're in we're that that is is what we need to be doing following that procedures. We need to warn them. We need to tell them. We need to vote in people. You know, there's so many people I run into you every day out there. I, I can be at a restaurant and strike up a conversation, and it's now so easy to find so many people that are so mad and so upset about what's going on that we could get together. There's so many of us out here that are freedom-loving uh, you know, want to be ready to take care of our families, uh, be as self-reliant as possible. Uh, we could take over a state politically, morally, spiritually, and then tell the federal government, get your BLM and your Forest Service out of here. Take your FBI and go away. Your ATF is no longer welcome. Uh, we're taking the trees that belong to us as a, as a sovereign little nation, as a state, and we're going to allow companies, and we're going we're gonna to sell the contracts, and we're going to make the, uh, the profit on that to pay for our schools and pay for our hospitals and take care of people. And by the way, if you're not a citizen of the United States moving here and you're not already a citizen of Oregon and you don't have the documentation, uh, we're deporting you back to where you came from. That would be, you know... Uh, could you imagine the beacon of freedom that this country would, you know, it would, you know, if one state? Then it's called the free state movement. People have tried to start this before, um, and they picked New Hampshire. I mean, give me a break. Or Rhode Island it was Rhode Island. They got like fifteen thousand people moved there. That was a big split. A lot of people wanted it to be Wyoming. Well, first off, anything east of the Mississippi is just too many people and too much humidity. And all the fallout, if something bad happens, all winds up east. Wyoming, okay, it's got lots of oil, but how do you get ships in there with cargo and supplies and trade goods from overseas? And what's its natural defense boundaries from, from all the states that are around it? Okay, not that they'd have a big problem from Idaho or Montana, but then people from Colorado might not be so, you know, friendly toward Cheyenne. Uh, Oregon. We've got a couple hundred miles of a river that's very wide called the Columbia River to the north. We've got the junction of a southern mountain range, the Cascade and the Sierras, the north end of the Sierras, come together on the south end of us and a big giant valley that's over 100 degrees through most of the summer and cold and wet and nasty in the winter makes it very difficult for the millions of people from the Bay Area to come north if there are no roads available and no bridges. To the east... We've got half the states blocked down by the Snake River canyons, 4,000 feet deep. It's real hard for tanks to drive across that, and then the rest of it's small mountain ranges with desert. And that little opening, it opens up into Nevada. Well, who lives in Nevada to begin with? And they'll stay where they're at, and that's all desert anyway, too. To the west, we have the Pacific Ocean, oil, fish, natural gas, and trade with other countries by ship. 
what and plus with the fact that it's a true legitimate republic pre 1860s pre civil war uh, properly enacted state and we only need about 900,000 that's not a lot of people when you consider there's 300 million in this country as we don't lose our you know we don't wind up with a democratic governor by much unfortunately the northern end of the state Portland and Salem and that little Willamette Valley, they always managed to have just enough votes to, to swing, swing the uh, swing Democratic, i.e. liberal, progressive. Uh, they got some Republicans that are rhinos, but uh, I'm not talking about political parties as much. Just they're a tag of reference. I'm talking about being a free man, a free woman, raising your children the way you want bonding together with people that have that basic tenet. Leave my guns alone. Leave my Bible alone. If I want to make a business, don't tax me to death. Don't license me to death. Don't regulate me. And everybody else, guess what? Be self-responsible. Do your homework. Check a guy out before he comes wrenching on your plumbing or doing your electrical wiring. You know? Trade organizations established themselves, guilds, because the members had to live up to a certain standard. They voluntarily became members of the guild. They got to use the guild's emblem and symbol on their cards and letterhead. The guild controlled who was qualified to be an electrical journeyman or, or, or a technician or a plumber or whatever. And they did the job, and now government wants to do it. They want to charge you. You know, a friend of mine here has a, has a business downtown. He can't even, he's got parking on the street in front of his business, but it's open to anybody. And they've built a community college downtown, so it's supposed to be one-hour parking, but every day, all day, somebody gets in there and takes up one of his parking spots in front of his business, and they're there for six, seven hours while they're going to school. Yet he has to pay $600 a month water bill because around here now they figured out they can't raise the property taxes without getting measures, so they found out they could start tacking all the fees onto water bills. You talk about economic survival, you know? Well, there's the bottom half hour music. When I come back, we talk about guns, and I'll get off this soapbox. But cultural survival, help me. Let's raise up the fight. And those of you that are going to move, move to Oregon. God bless. This is uh, Survival Time with your host, Richard McGregor. It's coming down. The new world order, training armies on our ground. With soldiers dressed in black and blue to aim the crop. The federal troops showed up and shot his wife and son. It's coming down. It's 
your family survive a food shortage lasting two weeks, six months, or maybe longer? Sound far-fetched? We live in precarious times. There is an ever-increasing possibility of food shortages caused by terrorist attacks, natural disasters, truck strikes, or monetary collapse. You owe it to yourself and family to prepare, and you can by getting a supply of our long-storing, freeze-dried, and dehydrated foods. Our foods are time-tested to store for decades, require a minimum of time and energy to prepare while maintaining superior nutritional value, freshness, and taste. Our foods were designed for the space program and are in constant use today by our own nuclear submarine service. Contact the freeze-dry guy today at freeze-dry guy at landset.com. That's freeze-dry guy at l-a-n-s-e-t.com or call 530-265-8333. 530-265-8333. And let them know you heard it on American Boys Radio. What an expert says about distilled water. If you decide on bottled water, make sure it's distilled. However, in the long run, you'll save money if you clean your water at home. It's more convenient than hauling gallon jugs from the store. The gold standard for purifying your water is a system that distills your water and filters it. You have the comfort of knowing there is no chlorine, fluoride, bacteria, viruses, pesticides, or lead. You get nothing but H2O, maximum health. Dr. Robert D. Willis Jr., M.D. Order your tabletop water distiller for $139.99 postpaid. It comes with everything you need to get pure distilled water. Go to superstore.theamericanvoice.com. That's superstore.theamericanvoice.com. Order now. Americans for Immigration Control is a leading national organization dedicated to reasonable levels of legal immigration and effective enforcement to stop illegal immigration. With more than 250,000 members and supporters nationwide, we are an effective voice for immigration reform. AIC stands up in Washington for the views of most Americans on immigration. We are the leaders in stopping recent legislation to reward 10 million or more illegal aliens with legal status and eventual citizenship. The late Georgia Congressman Charlie Norwood had this to say about us. AIC has earned a reputation among members of Congress as one of the most active and responsive advocacy groups in the field of immigration. Join AIC today. For more information, go to our website, immigrationcontrol.com. That's immigrationcontrol.com or call 540-468-2023. That's 540-468-2023. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Let TalkStream Live transform the way you listen to radio. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Stormtroopers dress in 
Cause of the lawless law, their flex is long, mean on. Before the sealed search warrants could even be served. The ATF shot up the place. Some got what they deserve. It's coming down. It's in your town. The new world order training armies on our ground. Stormtroopers dressed in black and blue. All right, this is Survival Time with your host, Richard McGregor. American Voice Radio, AmericanVoiceRadio.com. And run over there one more time and vote for us there at TalkStream Live, TalkStreamLive.com. And those of you who haven't heard from anybody this last hour and a half, so if somebody's got any questions, uh, wouldn't mind hearing from somebody, give a call, 800-596-8191, 800-596-8191. The area code for those of you that have unlimited or international is 541 and the number is 826-9159, 541-826-9159. All righty. Okay, I hope you've been able to be working on acquiring your firearm. If you haven't had one, if you've got one, I hope you've been uh, getting your magazines and your ammunition for your military-style uh, battle rifle. Uh, I hope you're uh, in a position to get yourself a handgun if you need one of those. And out there getting some training, uh, look up, uh, you know, get some good online training from uh, Gabe Soares, Soares International, or, or Thunder Ranch, if you got an opportunity to go to that, or Gunsight uh, in Arizona, or Clint Smith's uh, um, you know, place over here in, in uh, um, that's Thunder Ranch, it's over here in uh, near Lakeview, Oregon. Uh, uh, then there's uh, down by well, down by lost wages. There's a place called Front Sight that's pretty good. Any one of those is uh, is real good. Uh, Soares International Game Soares, I think, is going to be putting a conference on next September. Not this year, but of course, because September's already over. But next September, it's going to be not cheap. It's uh, several days. It's going to be five hundred dollars. It's going to go through. I think defensive handgun and the Kalashnikov rifle and how to do fighting and maneuvers and uh, lots of practice and lots of training. Uh, it will be very worthwhile. It's going to be in the Arizona area. You have to go to their website to get the full details. Uh, I've just been informed by word of mouth about it just just uh, just yesterday. So I'll I'll do some more research on that for you. Um, you know, go down to your local uh, agricultural extension. Uh, Find out who's putting on the classes on canning. You've got the Master Gardener Associations around the country. Get hooked up with them. They do canning. They'll show you how to, if you don't know how to do gardening, uh, get into that square foot gardening, uh, windowsill gardening if you live in a city. Uh, you know, uh, there's there's tons of things you can do. Even if you're just doing a one tomato plant, you're learning. You're practicing. You need to learn and practice. You need to get these skills set down so you... You know, you when when it when it comes down to it, you know, I mean, you know, you can you can stick the tomato seed in the ground, but if you haven't uh, haven't ever done it before, you know, you, you're going to have to experience all the things. And but if you've done it a couple of seasons, hey, 
you've gotten out and uh, got yourself a, a rock chucker uh, reloading press and uh, got yourself a set of dyes and some primers and powder. You went and got some instruction from some. There's tons of guys out there, you know, old timers, codgers, as we like to call them. They hang out at the gun shop, the local gun shop. Uh, and you go down and find out somebody, be willing to take you under their wing and teach you how to reload, uh, give you, you know, so you don't uh, make a mistake and you know, put too much powder in or not enough. And uh, you start to learn to do those skills. You know, it's enjoyable. It's something that's different to do besides vegetating in front of the television at night. And then it uh, reduces your cost of practicing because you can, you know, get get bullet molds and start uh, collecting up uh, tire uh, wheel weights from the, from the tire shops and uh, scrap lead from uh, other sources and you start making your own bullets and, uh, you know, get out there and become proficient. Practice. Get the children out there and the wife. Teach everybody. Um, I guess I can still, you know, I've, I've talked about a lot of rifles and uh, a lot of handguns and, uh, you know, there's, 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 Probably within the military category, uh, a good 50 basic different, uh, you know, basic types of rifles of various calibers and styles. And then there's there's clones and copies of those. So they pretty much all basically, you know, fall within a certain certain pattern and certain certain classification, even though by name there may be three or four hundred. A lot of those are the same gun, just with a different name on it. Richard? Uh, yes. Are you taking calls this segment? Yes. Uh, you Go have ahead. a caller. Who, who is it? From where? Hello? Yeah, my name is Mark from Georgia. Oh, how you doing, Mark? Yeah. What's your question? Uh, you're talking about uh, guns and uh, handguns. Um, one of the things that I, I, uh, I kind of recommend is if you're in a group of people that they are all familiar with everybody else's guns if uh, even if they can get all the same gun so they don't have to learn five different guns well if you're starting off from scratch and you're building a group absolutely having the same the same basic rifle the same basic handgun but you're going to have personal preference and and some people, like, you know, say you've got somebody that's, um, they might have some minor muscular uh, problem in their hand and they can't pull the slide back on a 45, whereas the 45 might be the quintessential most perfect pistol and half the group or 75% of the group's already got one. You've got somebody new coming in. If they can't use it, why would you saddle them with that requirement? You might, that person might be better suited with a, you know, a, a six-shot revolver. So you know, given that given that opportunity, but most definitely the rifle. Absolutely, I would uh, I would uh, try to get the group onto the same rifle as much as possible to even encourage those that had an existing rifle of maybe liquidating theirs to acquire what the group had already had already chosen to use and carry. Another another thing is uh, for people that don't know what they want. Um, they have nothing. Um, I suggest going to uh, YouTube because there are a lot of videos that do uh, 
length of any, just pick whatever you want or what you think you want and watch the video and, you know, they tell you about the gun. You know, some of them, I forget what they actually call them. Um, I guess a, a preview of it and, you know, they take it and show you and, some of them actually, you know, shooting it, but uh, some of them, they tell you how to, you know, break it down, clean it, So, and the firepower also. There's also videos of that, too. So, you know, if you're a female, you, you know, you might want a lighter gun. Uh, you know, guys, you know, they like the bigger guns, but... You know, what I'm getting at is be familiar with whatever's available in your group. Oh, absolutely. Cross-training is, uh, is something in the military. We, we did that continuously. Uh, we would uh, draw weapons that were captured from other countries and, and uh, show those around. You know, not necessarily always get a chance to shoot them, but at least we'd handle one now and again uh, so that people would understand how they worked. Um I just have taken my considerable years of firearm experience, my military experience, my law enforcement experience, and highly, highly, highly recommend and stress the Klasnikov rifle. And I, I, I would be most inclined now to either go 762 by 39 or 5.45 uh, by 39, but, but I'm, I'm heavily leaning just sticking with 7.62 by 39. And then uh, if you don't have a shotgun and you, you know, can afford $500, buy a Sega 12-gauge shotgun. Then then now all of a sudden all your weapons are the same action, regardless of whether it's your shotgun or your rifle. And like you say, compatibility in the group. Why not, why not get a weapon system that shares as wide a range across the board of caliber size and, and action as a Klasnikov rifle? Nothing else does that. But I you know, noticed you didn't mention the two two three in there anywhere. Um, you don't like that that caliber. Well, my problem with two two three now it, it might seem strange, but if you hold up a five point four five Soviet uh, by thirty nine cartridge next to a two two three, visually to most people they don't see that much difference, but. That little extra powder and that little fatter case on the Soviet round with the longer, narrower bullet makes it go so much faster and gives so much more energy transfer that it's half again as much more powerful than a 223, even though they're not that much difference in size. A 223 is pretty much an anemic round. Uh, you know, it, it was designed to hunt squirrels and gophers. That's 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 what what that bullet. That's why we call it a squirrel gun. Uh, you know, euphemistically within the military, uh, that that was what the caliber and the cartridge was originally designed to do. It was a varmint cartridge, and trying to impose that varmint cartridge in the in the in the world of of engaging men. See, the Army isn't necessarily in the idea of killing the enemy soldier anymore as much as wounding them and creating that kind of problem. You're in a survival situation. You might not have that luxury of just, you know, a wounded animal is more dangerous than, you know, a dead one. 
And so a wounded man still able to pull the trigger of his weapon can still kill you after you shot him enough to maybe even he'd eventually die. But if he kills you or one of your loved ones, you know, what did you gain? Nothing. So, and the other reason I don't talk about the 223 a whole lot right now is because after, and it's, and I don't talk about 308 that much either. I mean, I'm a great fan of the FNFAL style rifles. I think they're probably one of the finest battle rifles on the face of the planet. But when you're talking 45, 50 cents a round for ammunition, which you basically is talking in the 30 to five, 35 to 40 cents a round for 223, it doesn't make a lot of sense if you don't have a whole lot of money when you can buy 762 by 39 for 25 cents a round. When you can buy your magazine for 15 bucks uh, versus having to buy a good AR, a, a, AR mag, you have to pay 20, 25, and an AR-15 is $700 minimum. And if you really want to get a good one, you're going to pay $1,000. You can buy a good AK for 600. You can buy a, a, an adequate AK for 450. So to me, and you talk about simplicity of operation. 12-year-old boys use the AK without any problem. Clean, maintain, and take care of it. Now, what's, what's the difference between a good and adequate AK? Uh, I, I know they, there's a whole bunch of them out there. Uh, well, what's, it's in the time, the, you know, the fit and finish, the production value, the quality of construction, who built the kit, who made the receiver. Um, these are these are a lot of issues that that play into it. Um, sometimes a, a bad batch of guns comes through. Now, any of the AK legends from the Chinese era, but now they're considered collectible, so their price shot up. But you, Sega makes one, but you have to buy. The problem with buying the, any of the Sega guns is their proprietary magazines because they made it specific, specific so it wouldn't take the existing high capacity mags so they could legally sell them in California and New Jersey. So they only have 10-round mags commercially available from the manufacturer. But there are companies now making mags that are designed to fit those Segas, and since it's not the original company, they're still allowed to import them and sell them in California. They just don't have bayonet lugs on them and flash hiders or pistol grips. They just got a Monte Carlo stock, and they take a 10-round magazine. But there's a company in Utah now that's making 30-round uh, magazines for the 7.62x39 Sega. And that's an excellent rifle. If you want the best AK-actioned rifle in the world, bar none, uh, that you're going to pay big bucks because they're no longer imported, they're made in Finland, they're called Valmet, V-A-L-M-E-T. Valmet is probably the quintessential best. It's, they live right next door to Russia, so when they built their military weapon, they said, hey, they're going to bring us ammunition, so let's make a gun just like theirs. takes the same magazine, takes the same ammunition. But then the Finns, they're kind of like the Swiss. They put, you know, they put fine detail in the manufacture of the weapon. Secondly, in a Kalashnikov rifle, it's a Galil. But unfortunately, the only commercially produced available Galils are in 223. And their magazines are expensive, about $30, $35 a piece. And then, of course, the ammunition's expensive. Now, there's a company called Elite Galil. I think they're out of Texas. You can get a 223 Galil for about $670. And 
for I forget four or five hundred dollars, send it to them, and they'll send it back to you as a 762 by 39. Do the barrel change and all the necessary things, and you've got a milled receiver out of a solid block of steel, good folding stock. Use standard AK magazines, and you'd have an outstanding, almost as good as a Volmont, and available. Whereas the Volmont, you have to search around if you went to gunbroker.com or something like that, uh, looking for a Galil, I mean a Volmont. You're probably going to pay twenty five hundred to three thousand for a seven sixty two by thirty nine Volmont. And if you get one of the other calibers of a Volmont, you'll be paying even more through the nose. Uh, there's so few of them. They're no longer imported. Supply and demand altered that. And then uh, down from that, it's probably a Yugoslavian, a Hungarian, or a Bulgarian. Uh, Bulgarian milled receivers, uh, I think it's called an SA-80 Bulgarian. They're about, there's no new ones of those. You have to find those secondary in the market. They're around $600. It's a great rifle uh, as far as an AK. Uh, Romanian a lower-class stamp Bulgarian, uh, they're around $400. They work. Might not be as fit and finish and as pretty, but it'll do the job. Okay, well, barring the finish and, and how it looks, um, what's, the, I mean, what's the big difference between the, the cheaper ones price-wise and the Finland one that cost, you know, a couple thousand dollars. Mechanically they all nothing. Work. Mechanically nothing. In fact, almost, almost, there might be some slight minor difference in a bolt or something like that, but you'd doggone near put all the same parts in. You certainly could interchange the firing pin, the ejector, and all of those things, the trigger, the hammer. Uh, they're, they're basically all set up the same. They all are... Our gas piston uh, system, direct drive, uh, takes gas expansion from the barrel at a hole under the front sight and puts it back into a piston, which slams back. It's got a bolt carrier attached to the piston. The bolt's in that, and as it comes back, it removes the spent case. As it moves forward, it strips off a live round out of the magazine, batteries at home, sets it up, ready to press the trigger and fire again. Um, the, you know, the... All the other differences are basically cosmetic, uh, or the style of flash hider, or whether there is one or isn't one, the style of stock, whether it's a folding stock, or is it a plastic fixed stock, or a wood fixed stock. They're just different, you know, you got to understand, it, it, it's, it's like being IBM, and IBM, remember, they didn't make their, you know, PCs aren't proprietary. Anybody can be... All they have to do is what's called become a technical virgin, and they, all they have to do is, quote-unquote, claim they back-engineered a certain section, and they can make a PC. That's why you have so many different companies, Dell, Hewlett-Packard, and everything, that have all these different PCs. Well, that's exactly the same thing with AKs. My God, every, there's more AKs than there is any other military rifle in the world, bar none. The Egyptians made them. Uh, you know, the Bulgarians, the Yugoslavians, the Romanians, the East Germans. Uh, the Finnish, the Russians, the Chinese, the Vietnamese. I mean, my gosh, I mean, there's probably 40 or 50 countries out there that manufacture that. I mean, even right now, um, they've built an AK plant in, in Venezuela. The Venezuelans now building AKs. 
Uh, it's an inexpensive, especially in the stamped receiver. They have two different styles of receiver. They have uh, a milled forged block, solid steel, or they have, lay out a piece of sheet metal, and they have a stamping machine comes over, and it stamps it out, and they fold it up, weld it, put the hard steel parts in for the trunnion and the stock and the trigger group, and put the pistol grip on it. That's a 10,000-round gun with a stamped receiver. If you fight it out 10,000 rounds, you're a good soldier, and you should have picked up another rifle off the battlefield by that time. Uh, you want a 50,000-round gun, then buy a milled receiver. That's the reality of it. I mean, you know, it's, it's all a matter of quality. You're going to get what you pay for. Hey, so we're coming up toward the end of the show. i got to close out here, Mark. Thank you for calling. Okay. Give a call next week, and we'll talk some more about it, all right? Thank you. All right, take care. All right, this is Survival Time with your host, Richard McGregor, on AmericanVoiceRadio.com. I ask that you support us by listening in and vote for us on TalkStream Live. Um, Remember to get out there, and, uh, and and we were talking about that, uh, you know, that rifle. Remember to choose your caliber, choose your weapon system, get that ammunition, get those magazines, get everything uh, together that you're going to need for your, your survival kits. Um, oh, I wanted to mention this book again. Uh, this is a Barnes & Noble deal, uh, and it's a smoking deal. I've really looked the book over. It combines several... U.S. Army Field Manual. It covers. It's just a really great, great reference book so far that I that I can see. They call it the ultimate guide to U.S. Army survival, skills, tactics, and technique. So the basic title is the ultimate guide to U.S. Army survival. You go in there and ask for the Army Survival Manual. They're actually give you the little tan FM manual. That this book actually contains everything that's in that book plus about five other survival manuals to include certain sections of the Air Force, the Navy. This has got hand-to-hand combat, how to build field fortifications up to bunkers. I mean, it's, it's got advanced first aid, snake bite, regions of the world, desert survival, winter survival. I mean, it's got the diagram in there to show you how to build that poncho raft we talked about. i give you the ISBN number. Uh, i got to get the magic eye out again, folks. Coming up toward the end of the show here, let's see if I can get this ISBN out there. I'll give you a chance to get your pen and paper. Okay, the ISBN is 978-1-4351-1402-9. So, again, that is 978-1-4351-1402-9. Uh, the book was $14.95. Uh, and they'll order it for you if you don't have a copy on the shelf. Barnes & Noble. You can go to barnesandnoble.com and get it if you need to. I'd recommend you get this. And this thing is the size of a telephone book. All right, there's the music. Uh, thank you again uh, for Survival Time. And I'm Richard McGregor, and we thank you. And until next week, God bless and take care. if you go downtown. I live back in the woods, you see My woman and the kids and the dogs and me I got a shotgun, a rifle, and a four-wheel drive And a country boy can survive Country folks can survive
can plow a field all day long. I can catch catfish from dusk till dawn. Make our own whiskey and our own smoke too. Ain't too many things these old boys can't do. And homemade wine And country boy can survive Country folk can survive Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. AVR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Ancient prophetic texts warn us that in the last days there will be wars and rumors of war, famines, pestilence, earthquakes in many places, and troublesome times, men fainting from fear from what is coming upon the earth. Even though these words were penned almost 2,000 years ago, we can readily see that this dire warning is applicable in the days in which we are living in now. Days of Chaos, a new book by L.A. Marzulli, exposes what is happening in the Middle East, the Fukushima disaster, the mysterious animal and fish die-off, the rise of the 8.0 and greater earthquake, the coming one world government, the collapse of the U.S. dollar, UFO activity, and so much more. Days of Chaos has the information you need in these troublesome times. Don't be afraid of these events. Come to an understanding of why they are happening as they were prophesied long ago. These are the Days of Chaos. Go to www.lamarzuli.net www.lamarzuli.net These are the days of chaos. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
don't like my big red barn. A 47 Ford bullet holes in the door broke down motor in the front yard. <laughs> I gotta have a mind to paint a plywood sign and nail it up on a knotted pine tree. Saying I was here first, this is my piece of dirt and your rambling don't rattle me. Good afternoon, all. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Steph, and you're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It is Friday, December 11, 2015. It's about eight and a half minutes after noon Pacific time. So if that's true where you're at, don't forget where you're at, because if you're on the East Coast, well, there's a three-hour difference, so you got to, you know, fix yourself for that. But it's noon here, so if it is, we are live. And that means you can participate in the show, 800-932-1980, 800-932-1980. That'll get you on the air. You will be talking to me. And I have a guest today. You can also participate 
through our website on our chat room, theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com. You'll see the chat link. It's real easy. You'll be able to handle it, and you can get in there. And there's a few other people in there right now. You can chat with them. You don't have to participate. You don't have to ask questions or make comments. You can just chat amongst yourselves. It's there for you. It's at the website. Plus, when you're at the website, you'll see all the other ways, like email and, you know, all the ways to listen, the satellite, the uh, streams, the uh, Wi-Fi devices, Wi-Fi radio, uh, you know, just go check it out. It's all listed there. And if you need to contact me directly, you know, you don't want anybody in the chat room to see, uh, you don't want to go on the air, but you do want me to notice you're trying to talk to me, Yahoo Instant Messenger is probably the most direct and right-away way to talk to me. My screen name is Talk. So you figure out how to put that into Yahoo, and bing, up comes my screen, and you'll be uh, chatting with me. Okay, as I said, I have a guest today. I don't have that many guests come on, but today I do. We have... L.A. Marzulli with us, who was, a, uh, for quite a while, a host here on AVR, and he has a bunch of videos out, uh, should I say DVDs, really well done, high production value, really good information, well done series called Watchers. Now, I haven't seen any of the other video stuff that L.A. has done, but I have seen a bunch of those, and they are really, really well worth getting folks you really should and it's a series so you know anyway let's just bring la on welcome la hey frank great to be here good to be back on avr good to have you so what's your new project let's start with that and then we can talk about we can expand from there that sounds bueno well we just finished uh, the ninth book my ninth book days of chaos and and watchers nine by the same name days of chaos and uh we're really excited about it because it's a sort of an end times handbook and Hopefully, people will start waking up to the events that are going on on a global level. It's not business as usual, in our opinion. And what we do, both in the book and the DVD, is just lay it out there. We just, hey, guys, look at this. Look at Fukushima. Look at the billion abortions. Look at uh, the, the unrest geopolitically with the wars and rumors of wars all around the planet. Look at North Korea threatening nukes. Look at Iran threatening nukes. Uh, look at Russia in the Middle East and China in the Middle East. Think about the unprecedented amount of earthquakes we're getting. Uh, for instance, in in Oklahoma, they used to have an average of about two a year. Now our Oklahoma has suddenly, in the last two years, become the earthquake capital of the world. They're pushing 700 earthquakes in Oklahoma. Now, is this due to fracking? Is it is it the Madrid fault line? No one knows. Um, when you look at the Fukushima disaster, ongoing, and yet most Americans don't know about it, won't talk about it, but it's there. Look at the drug cartels, which have completely, for all practical purposes, taken over Mexico and, and much of Central America. Yeah, you can travel there, but there's a lot of nonsense going on there. And you can be kidnapped and held for ransom or never come back. I mean, and on and on it goes. Um, look at, the, look at the, um, the upwards of one million uh, Syrian refugees, most of which, of course, are Muslims, streaming into Europe, completely unprecedented. Never seen anything like it. And that is going to change the cultural fabric of the entire continent. Think about the, the active volcanoes. Some of these volcanoes, which have been completely dormant for hundreds of years, now all of a sudden waking up, spewing ash in, into the sky. Uh, the threat of an electromagnetic pulse weapon, 
uh, over the United States heartland. I mean, I'm just I'm just getting warmed up here. I mean, I could go on the rest rest of the afternoon talking about this stuff, and people call me an alarmist. Well, okay, <laughs> so you know where am I going wrong? You know do, where am I going wrong here? Look at the fish and animals. Uh, you know, you know, right? L.A. If the building's on fire, yeah, and, and somebody goes pulls the fire alarm, and you know. Who's the idiot calling, pointing the finger, going, that alarmist over there, look at that alarmist over there getting everybody all upset. Yeah. I'll tell you, there ought to be a law there. Yeah, there probably is, but, you know. Yeah, it probably is. You know, a couple of weeks ago in uh, Kazakhstan, there was uh, an unprecedented die-off of antelopes. Basically, half the population of this species of antelope just dropped dead in a field over 170,000 antelopes. You didn't hear word one about it on the, on the 6 o'clock news. Nothing about it. Well, what's causing 170,000 antelopes to drop dead in the field? You know, I mean, was it some sort of radiation, an EMP? Were they, I mean, you know, what what what, what was it? Some sort of a scalar, you know, um, scalar wave technology? I mean, no one knows. Was it a disease? Um, look at the fish and animal die-offs, which are happening more and more it, it, it's it's sort of like not not boring or redundant. It's alarming. To well, me you know, it's not going away. Considering, for the most part, you know, we have the bees and uh, something that people don't sure. may not know. You know, because people have heard about the colony die off of the bees. That has been reported to a certain degree. But you know, there's other things like hummingbirds. You know, they're dying off too. And, and nobody's really saying anything about them because, well, you know, they don't produce honey or anything like that. But, <laughs> you know, these things are all kind of canaries in the coal mine. Absolutely. Ab it, it, that's a really good analogy. Something is wrong, uh, and it's on a global level. And what, what I find interesting, and we tie it back in both Watchers 9 and Days of Chaos book, the 2,000-year-old prophetic text warned of a time such as this. And it's up to each person to look at the information and, and decide for themselves whether it's business as usual or something more. We honestly believe that it's something more, that we're headed towards a period of time. That, you know, we didn't even touch on the supernatural stuff. Some of the, some of the stuff that's coming across my desk, some of the emails that are coming across my desk. I had one, one today from a guy, stuff manifesting in the house. Uh, his son was abducted. You know, all the, this is the kind of stuff we deal with here. And so, you know, we told him about, you know, told him what to do, and, and hopefully things are on the men and things are getting better for him. But that's the type of stuff. People are reporting encounters with, like, dogmen, or for lack of a better word, what you would call werewolf, shapeshifters. Uh, we're getting reports of uh, so-called what, what many people believe are hybrid beings. And the story is this. A pastor friend of mine was out doing a prayer walk, and... Uh, He's out in this park. In the distance, he sees this woman jogging towards him. Nothing unusual, except the woman is very tall, 6'3", six, 6'4", six, strikingly whitish blonde hair, pulled back in a ponytail, very athletic-looking, jogging shorts, and she's running quite fast. And, you know, he's sort of taken aback by this, but his spider senses are tingling, and he feels uneasy. So he begins to pray. And as she comes closer, they make eye contact, and, and he sees her eyes are very strikingly pale blue and as she comes closer maybe 15 feet away the eyes change from pale blue to jet black at this point he starts rebuking this thing out loud all right 
And as she runs by him, probably eight, eight, you know, five to eight feet away, very close proximity, she turns her head, bares her teeth, and growls at him. Uh-huh. That's the kind of stuff that's coming across our desk. And that wasn't there 15 years ago that I'm aware of. Well, you know, a lot of people would say, and, and it could be true, that, well, you know, these are probably folks they've uh, created and let out of the lab or whatever. You know, this is some sure. sort of experiment sure. gone bad, and that could be. Uh, but there's another element that is not as easily accepted by most people is that this is a spiritual thing. These people are demons, and, uh, you know, we have spiritual warfare going on, and I tend to believe that. Now, I'm not discounting that there's, you know, experiments going on. Uh, there probably is, but <laughs> there is a spiritual war going on, and I know because the Bible says there is. And I, you know, you and I are on the same page with that. That's what we think is happening. That the battle is is raging, it's heating up, and things are spilling out and beginning to manifest on the planet. Um, and I think a lot of what we're looking at, uh, you know, the rise of ISIS in the last couple, you know, last 18 months. I mean, what the heck is that? The Arab Spring, which is ongoing, uh, the battle for Syria, uh, right. the wars and rumors of wars. I mean. Oil down to thirty six dollars a barrel. I mean, are you are you kidding me? Thirty six dollars well, a barrel? I know what? it's insane. And and then well, you know, and my big gripe about that is, I mean, you look at the the gas prices, and yeah, they have come down, and that's all great. But when you look at how much, look, when oil was one hundred forty dollars a barrel, gasoline was around four dollars a gallon. There you go. Well, now it's thirty six dollars a barrel, and it's still hovering around two dollars a gallon. That's that's gouging, you know. In any other universe, that's gouging. <laughs> you know, you do that during, a, you know, your your city water goes out, and you get on the corner and start selling gallons of water for five bucks. You're going to jail, you know, because I've seen that happen here in Ashland, Oregon. You know, they're 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 damn broke or whatever, and they didn't have any water for like uh, almost a month. Wow. And people got out there and said, hey, I'm going to make some money off of this. You know, I got a well, and I'm going to get out there, and I'm going to start selling gallons of water for five bucks. Well, they got arrested for uh, gouging. They got tickets. It's like, you know, you can't do that. But I guess if you're a, you know, multinational oil company, it's all good to go. But, you know, that's besides the point. It's just another, you know, way they're utilizing what's going on to their benefit. And and I think there's you know I think there's movers and shakers that are making a lot of these things happen, and I think there's another parasitical element out there that is just you know like waiting in the shadows and taking advantage of every bad thing that comes down the pike that they can take advantage of, you know. But one of the things you mentioned, you know, all these wars in Iraq and Syria and, uh, you know, all around the world, the one thing that Americans, I think, kind of turn a blind eye or have blinders on to is that in that group we have to, we have to include the United States government because mm-hmm. they're out there stirring up most of this stuff. You know, I mean, if there's yeah. not a problem somewhere in the world, they get there pretty quick and make sure this one starts. Well, we've got 800 bases throughout the world. Um, Eisenhower warned us 
when he left office about the danger of the military-industrial complex. Um, think about who was in power, who has been in power since the JFK assassination. Look at the endless war uh, that we participate in. Look at the endless war in Afghanistan. And I'm a patriot, folks. Don't, don't misunderstand me. I know, Frank, you are too. But we are engaged in endless war, uh, 14 years and going on 15 years with no end in sight. Meanwhile, there's a trillion-dollar opium harvest every year out of Afghanistan. And we don't have the figures yet for 2015, but I'm sure it's hovering around a trillion dollars, perhaps even greater. The question is, who profits from this? And, you know, the CIA, you, you can people talk about ISIS and uh and you know this and they're using US arms well of course they are they were they were trained in Jordan by the CIA to topple Bashar al-Assad they went rogue and when this when they when they reared their ugly head that's what I I said you know what if and sure enough like 3 or 4 months later several articles came out stating that what I had thought actually was the case that this was a trained army by the CIA and the Jordanians to topple Bashar al-Assad, and they went rogue. And now, because they're they're going, well, why should we do the dirty work for the Americans? Screw that. We'll just set up our own caliphate. That's exactly what we see. They're running around in U.S. Uh, weapons, U.S. jeeps, cars, trucks. I mean, they're outfitted as good as any army because it all came from U.S. taxpayers. That's right. And if, if, American, if the American people knew the funny business going behind the scene you'd have you'd have a riot on your hands you would well now you see now your scenario there could be you know it could be as true as what i think but we differ a little bit about isis because okay. i don't think they went rogue i think they've always been rogue and i think they still are cia or uh homeland security or whoever's running the joint over there in dc i think they are doing the dirty business for Washington DC and they always have been as a matter of fact I think that basically ISIS is nothing more than a revitalized Blackwater uh, but either way it doesn't matter you know the the results are the same yeah you know that that's minutia you know okay are they working for the you know because I don't think anybody who pays attention really it's not gonna okay well that's it I mean, because if you look at fed, the federal government in Washington, D.C., you don't really need one more thing to pile on top to say they're a bunch of criminal killers, okay, because they are, and, and they have been, and they probably will continue to be until somebody stops them. But, you know, so whether ISIS is a rogue element that they trained and armed, or, you know, they are their basically mercenary army that they trained and armed, either way... It seems that they are moving in the interests of the United States, or at least their allies, because, you know, that uh, I'm sure you're aware that Saudi Arabia had big plans to put a pipeline into Europe. Yeah. But it had to yep. go through Syria. <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, Assad says, no, you know what, I can't do that because we're allies with Russia. And Russia's feeding Europe oil and natural gas, and uh, most of their what we call hard currency comes from that. And that's, you know, you can legitimately say that is a national interest of Russia not to let that happen. And I completely concur. 
And that's why the war not only is with Russia and the United States and the Saudis, um, you know, the Iranians, the, the Russians are backing the Iranians. And what, what this whole thing is split along is, is religious ideolog ideological lines also, because the, the Saudis are staunchly Sunnis and they hate the Russians. Uh, the Russians hate, I mean, that goes back like 800 years when the Russians massacred like tens of thousands of Sunni Muslims, which is why the Russians are siding with and always have backed the Iranians. So, you know, the, the Saudis, I mean, all this, it's really about oil. And they're, they're also trying to whack the Russians because, as you said, Russia is number two, the, number, the world's uh, second leading exporter of oil on the planet. So Russia and the BRICS nations, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, are trying to move the global default currency from the U.S. petrodollar to the Chinese want. Well, you can't do this. Uh, America is not going to sit by and allow this to happen. And so all, it all comes down to oil because oil is the lifeblood of the planet. Oil is now $36. Silver is down to 14 bucks, and, and like $14 and one cent. I mean, that's the lowest I've seen it in quite some time. It's crazy. And, I yeah, mean, it's, it's absolutely crazy. And it the, is you know, crazy. And if you look, I, I was reading, uh, I don't know, what, two, three weeks ago, so it's it's fairly recent that somebody had done the math and, you know, crunched the numbers and figured out that there is 300 ounces of paper gold issued for every physical ounce they actually have like if people said hey i want to take physical delivery they've only got one ounce per every 300 ounces of paper they have out there so you know when we look at the gold spot and the silver spot prices they have been completely obscured by the paper markets of both those metals uh and people you know, uh, some, if you're not aware of this, it's it's a little confusing, you know, because people are, oh, paper, paper gold. What do you mean, paper gold? Well, it's like we used to have gold certificates and silver certificates. They used to be our money, where you could actually take a Federal Reserve note that was backed by gold or silver and take it down to the bank and say, hey, I'd like to turn this in for, you know, whatever amount of, you know, gold or silver that's on the face of that piece of paper. Well, they stopped doing that with the money, but they still do it in commodities. And they sell this paper as commodities, just like they do stocks, and they say it's backed by gold, but it's actually not. I mean, it is to a minuscule degree, but, you know, L.A., what do you think is going to happen if, you know, people start catching wind that maybe their paper, gold, and silver might have a problem? Maybe I ought to just cash this in for physical delivery what happens when people start doing that well i mean this is this is why when people ask me what should i invest in and it's like you know if if, it, if everything really goes south a, a, a can of coffee can be worth more than an ounce of silver literally sure uh, but the bottom line is if you know precious metals are are certainly precious metals are certainly a way to go uh you know to protect oneself but you got to get physical stuff you can't you can't have paper silver or paper gold. You got to have the real deal, and it's got to come to your door. You know, you sign for it, and you look at the coin coinage, and you know there it is, and 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 you've got something. Sure, you know, it's crazy. I mean, because people yeah. are like, you know, okay, I'm going to do this. Well, do you do that with your ammo for your guns? 
Do you keep it, you know, 3,000 miles away and uh, get a piece of paper that somebody says, hey, I promise your ammo's here in my vault? (laughs) You know, or your storage food. Yeah, sure, I'll keep that, you know, uh, wherever, but I got a piece of paper here that says they promise that it's there and uh, they're keeping it safe for me. That's insane. Nobody would do that, but yet they do it with their gold and silver, their precious metals, and really it's the same. It's a shovel. It's a, a can of coffee. It's ammo for your gun. It's the same as all that. You've got to be able to put your hands on it. Yeah, otherwise it does, you know, it does no good. You know, one of my fears, and, you know, we didn't even talk about this uh, in the opening, you know, in the opening monologue where I just start rat- started rattling off, you know, some of the problems. But $19 trillion in debt, uh, the, 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 the dollar isn't backed up by anything. I mean, let's face it. And the bottom line is when, not if. When the currency collapses, and it's going to collapse, and they know it's going to collapse, which is what I think Jade Helm was all about, it's a twofer. Jade Helm might have been about the, cur- the coming currency collapse. It also may have been uh, in, in, uh, as a result or a training exercise for some sort of an EMP, electromagnetic pulse weapon, detonated over the heartland. We covered this in Watchers 9 when we sat down with uh, Brooks Agnew and, and talked about that. And that, that's some of my fears, because an electromagnetic pulse weapon short circuits anything with an off and on switch nothing works we're bombed back to the stone age this is why you know this at this point all bets are off i mean you know you're looking at your ammo and hunting and you better get out of the city as soon as you possibly can but i digress the bottom line is this that we've seen it in cyprus we've seen it in greece we've seen what happens when the government steps in and raids the the the, the people in cyprus their bank accounts they wake up one morning and 30% of their value is gone because the government decided to take it. Well, that'll never happen here, LA. Really? Yeah, that could never happen here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, really? I mean, you, you really want to bank on that? No pun Well, uh, you know what? They don't have to bank on it. All they have to do is go read the congressional record. And uh, the, the next meeting that the Congress had right after the uh, last G20 meeting, because they also decided the same thing at the G20 meeting, you know, I just happened to be reading about both of these. You know, I was following them, and, and it just happened that, okay, so here's the G20, and they say, well, you know, we're going to, throughout the uh, G20, we're going to make it that uh, anybody's deposits of any kind in a bank is now considered capital of the bank. All right, fine, so who cares, G20, who, you know. Next thing, like a week later only, here comes the U.S. Congress with one of their must-pass bills, Right. Well, there's a rider on it that says uh, any deposits in any U.S. bank are considered capital of the bank, which means bail-in. That's a fancy little cute name for what L.A. just described as robbing your bank account while you sleep. A bail-in is meaning, hey, the bank squandered the money, they made bad bets, and uh, you're going to pay for it now. That's that, that's a bail-in. Rather than the, the Fed bailing them out, you're going to do it now. And they've written it into U.S. law. So, you know, this isn't just some crazy idea that, oh, they could do this, they could do that, because anything could happen, but they're writing laws for this. So <laughs> i got to think, hey, you know, they're setting this up to happen. So if you can't put your hands on it, folks, you don't have it. It has no value zero value if unless you can put your hands on it really that's at right this point and hey 
L.A., we got to take a break, and we'll be back in just a few minutes. i got L.A. Marzulli on here. We're talking about, well, <laughs> what's going on and, you know, the end times. I mean, we look like we're in trouble, folks, and, you know, maybe you might want to think about getting prepared or something. Anyway, we'll be back in just a few. their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. AVR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water.
Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
we're back. This is the Frank Report. I guess this is a retro Friday with the music, but I like to play that song from time to time. It should be the national anthem, uh, I think, but hey, that's just my point of view. Uh, you know, hey, I can agree with Obama, you know, hey, the national anthem, too much uh, rockets. And yeah, let's, let's make this one the new national anthem. It seems more fitting. Anyway, you want to call in 800-932-1980 is the call-in number. It is Friday, December 11th, so uh, about 12:41 and a half out here. So if that's all true, you can call in. We are live. The chat room's open and running, and people are in there asking questions. TheAmericanVoice.com, AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Yahoo Instant Messenger, AVRN Talk is my screen name. We've got a guest today, L.A. Marzuli. A lot of you are familiar with him. We're going to just bring L.A. right back on, and I'm going to ask him before we get back into anything, please give us all your websites and blogs and uh, where they can, you know, what, what, what DVDs, what books do you have available, what, you know, where can they get this stuff, where can they check it out? Well, Frank, it's just great to be here, you know, on the show, and, uh, I would just say this, you know, we've been talking about a lot of real heavy stuff, but it's all happening. And people, you know, if you want to avail yourself of this information, go to lamarzuli.net, get the Days of Chaos book, get the Watchers, Watchers 9, Days of Chaos, nose around there, uh, the history of the world that we've been told. It is, is not true. I, it just isn't. And uh, there are other shows on the History Channel which, which talk about that, and I've been on some of them. But um, on the trail of the Nephilim, I mean, we have real evidence, hardcore evidence in those books that there's been a massive cover-up. And, um, you, know, you know, it's just uh, www.lamarzuli.net. We've got a 20% off Christmas special on pretty much almost everything in the store. Um, lots of discounts. Get the stuff out there, man. I mean, give, give a gift that's going to maybe change someone's paradigm, change someone's ideology. And I guarantee you the Watcher series will do it. And any book that we carry in the store will shake people out of their slumber. Guaranteed. You know, you know, L.A., that's what I try to tell people, too, that, look, there's a lot of great information on this radio network. A lot of great guests come on with websites, including the hosts, that have great websites with great information. But, you know, the thing is, that information isn't there for you to just go get and suck up like a sponge and sit in your couch and go, boy, I am going to be the most educated individual in the prison camp. I'm telling you, when I get <laughs> when I get to the FEMA camp, I'll be able to tell all those other people what was going on. No. <laughs> That's not what it's for. It's so you can take it, educate yourself so you can get out there. You don't have to have a radio show or a TV station or anything. You get out there. You can go to the uh you know, you can go to the Checkout line in your supermarket. Talk to people there. Talk to your neighbors. Talk to your family. I know that's not a really a good thing most of the time because, you know, most people want to keep their family as in contact with them and they don't want to start this thing. But, you know, it's getting to be serious, folks, where, okay, maybe you don't have to tell them, uh, you know, you, maybe you don't start out with the hollow earth theory on them, all right? You know, maybe <laughs> just say, uh, how about, you know... What if there's a hurricane, Paul? Maybe, uh, you know, some uh, stored food, huh? You know, and, uh, hey, what if what if the electricity goes out? What would you do? Are you prepared for that? You know, start with something that they can wrap their head around. Uh, 
But you've got to at least, you know, once you say that, you've got to have some solutions for them, or you're just a rambling, you know, you might as well be the TV set at that there you point. Go. There you, you go. Know? Now, speaking of which, and I will address this because I do encourage people in the chat room to ask questions, and somebody asked a question that I have no knowledge of. Uh, I, I did put it in Google and said, oh, my gosh, this really is a real thing. But the question is, have you heard about the second sun and the flat earth theories. Well, here's here's where I'm at with this whole thing. Um, having been in airplanes, and you know, and I've I've looked at the flat earth thing. It's just, in my opinion, these these two things are distractions, and people, unfortunately, um, you know, in 2012 we interviewed Marshall Masters, who was telling us that, you know, with all due fairness to Marshall, he's a nice guy and everything, but he was so sure, you know, Planet X was uh, coming. And in Watchers 9, we interviewed Gil Brossard, who is so sure that Planet X is coming. And I'm not, I'm not a big Planet X fan. I'm just not buying it. Um, I just don't think it, it just doesn't make any sense. People, for the most part, everything I see are sun dogs. Um, there are lens flares. I haven't seen anything that's conclusive. And, you know, I'm, I'm familiar with the whole idea of planets coming up from below the ecliptic and the whole deal. That's, but we, the reason why we covered it in Watchers 9 was because here's the information. This is the go-to guy, Gil Broussard. I've, I've met him, talked to him face-to-face, -face, interviewed him for like an hour and a half, two hours. Here's the best stuff from the interview. And, you know, I, I just say I just, I'm not a big fan of it. I mean, I'm not – I've got fooled once in 12. Uh, it's supposed to happen in – uh, in 16, I'm not, I'm not holding my breath. And the flat earthers, uh, you know, look, when, when the guy's out on, moon, on the moon, and of course, here we go. If I say that the photograph, the iconic photograph of the earth floating in space, right, taken from the moon. Now, immediately people will say, well, that photograph's fake because they never went to the moon. Well, trust me, we went to the moon, okay, in my opinion. So the whole earth, the whole idea of the flat earth thing makes absolutely zero sense because we know, and having been in planes and, and flying over great distances, the earth is a curve. The earth is a sphere. The earth is a ball. So that's where I'm at with it. And I think it, that these, these two items are, are incredible distractions. If you want to spend your time research ancient biblical prophecies concerning what the events will take place in and around the nation of Israel in the latter days in the Middle East. That will blow your mind. Read Ezekiel 38 and look at the nations which are now in the Middle East as we speak and realize that there's a definite connection between those nations and the nations that are listed in that 25-year, 100-year-old prophecy. Well, and now, just to be fair, you know, and, and so the listeners know, you know, this is the the moon thing is something me and L.A. see differently. I don't think they did go to the moon. Mm. He thinks they did. It doesn't matter. I mean, it's interesting. It's, it's all interesting. But really, your point that you came back to is what's happening. That's exactly. more than interesting. It's more than interesting. You know, this is, a, you know, sure, I, you know, hey, I, I don't mind chewing gum, but I don't chew gum thinking I'm eating dinner. You know, and, and if I want to, you know, look into hollow earth and flat earth and, you know, whether the moonshot was real or not, that that's fine. You know, and that, it is interesting. But 
uh, what's really going on right now? And, you know, we go to something and people think, well, yeah, well, whatever, you talk about the Nephilim. But you see, the Nephilim is something biblical, and it's also prophetic or, or can be used for your prophetic understanding, at least. But That's right. it's been covered up. And it's been covered up, I believe, for a reason. And that is to obscure prophecy. Because they, don't, they don't want people looking at what's going on and recognizing, right. uh-oh. You know. Yeah, I, I, I completely concur with that statement. You know, if, if people want to find out what's going on and spend their time, go to FukushimaDiary.com and read what's going on in Fukushima. Because, you know, it, it's ongoing. It, it, it's, it's an ongoing toxic site, and it ain't going away, you know. And, and just, in fact, I'm, I'm headed there now on my computer because I haven't been there in a couple of days just to see what's going on. Um, NRA announced a dry cast for spent fuel. I mean, mu mushrooms are detected um, with radiation. I mean, it just, it just goes on and on and on. It's just it's unbelievable. Now, Let's just stop at Fukushima for a minute. Now, I, I look at this as a it's a big event and it it's it's almost inconceivable to me that all the nations of the earth and all the great minds haven't been able to figure out anything and they just let it go. I gotta believe and maybe it's just the tinfoil hats on too tight or something, but <laughs> I think they're doing it on purpose, and I think they have a reason. And I don't know what it is exactly, but I do know that, yes, if you get dosed real high, real fast with radiation, you'll die. And and that doesn't mean burned up in a nuclear, you know. I mean, if you get too many rads, they, come, you know, they, they accumulate, and you end up dying. But I also know that under small amounts, over long periods of time, the human body is an amazing thing, and it does uh, adapt. And I'm wondering if Fukushima and the radiation, the slow release, but constant release, isn't some scheme to mutate mankind. You know, that's... Um and that's you know tinfoil hat stuff. Okay, I get it. What, what I what I think is going on with Fukushima, they don't have a clue how to fix this thing. They realize that they can't fix it. Um, this thing is the reactors are melting down um, to China or, or wherever you know Oklahoma, but that's what's going on. Um, it's just. Is they they don't know how to fix it. They well, that's going to be a real interesting thing once it gets to the man. Once it gets to the core. Because you're well, going to have a nice big shoot all the way to the, all that molten uh, middle of the earth, and uh, uh, that's not going to be pretty. And this is, uh, you know, it, it's it's really nasty because millions of gallons of water that are contaminated are are in the, the uh, Pacific. The the rise of thyroid cancer in Fukushima uh, is is ongoing, and look if they get another. 8.0 or 9.0 earthquake that completely destroys the reactors. Now what? Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and to see, it's so funny, you know, you, you, re, you go on some of these, actually it's not funny, it's just, just typical of, of, the, of the powers that be. Uh, the talking heads try to tell us, well, we've discovered cesium-134 
in uh, the Pacific, but these levels are fine. Oh, really? Says who? You know, it's just like, I'm really going to believe that? I mean, these, this wow. is the same yeah. government that, that, you know, tested uh, syphilis experiments and, and gave people LSD without them knowing it, and on and on and on it goes. I mean, are you kidding me? Yeah. Why right. Well, I, then, you know, I, I like to say to those people, really? Okay, then, come with me. Let's go for a swim. There you go. You're coming to me with me to the Pacific, you know, because what, you know, I mentioned canary in the coal mine. Yeah. And, you know, bees and birds, and, and but it's also going on in the Pacific Ocean because a lot of these really small fish that are food for bigger fish are con. Yeah. And these bigger fish are now starting to have difficulties because, there's no food. Now, they're being radiated, too, but they're big enough to where, you know, they can absorb, uh, you know, so much more radiation than, a, you know, a one-inch fish versus a, you know, 10-ton whale or something. Uh, but they're still being radiated. They're just not being killed by it just yet. But their food supply is, which is, uh, you know, up here in Oregon, we, uh, you know, have uh, experienced the salmon is just not around and they're blamed well it's the it's those darn seals you know Uh they're sitting up there and they're eating them all it's like so what they just discovered that the rivers there you know what no they're running out of food where they normally go they're eating the salmon the salmon aren't spawning because they're being radiated too there's a uh, talk about a colony collapse you know uh everything on this planet's having a colony collapse and they don't even know it yet well, I'm, I'm on the I'm on the FukushimaUpdate.com, and basically, this is a um, what's going on here is Reactor Two, uh, which has released a large amount of radioactive um, substances, which which of course are, co- are coincide with the 2011 explosion with the tsunami and everything else. Basically, they're saying a serious meltdown is underway, um, and and they're talking about um, the world has never seen anything like this. And he closes by saying this that. Um, where do you think about this? So, uh, one of the comments. And yet you wouldn't even know this was an ongoing event if you only paid attention to the television news. Instead of a call to arms for all, only fair since everyone has a stake in this debacle, we just pretend it never happened. No species has ever been as stupid as the human species. And, you know, the, the deal is we never hear word one about Fukushima. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, Fukushima, everything's fine. There's, there's no cesium in the water. Don't worry about the salmon dying off. Nothing you see here about the baby seals mm-hmm. dying off all across the, you know, the coast of California and the starfish. It has nothing to do with Fukushima. We hear nothing about it. But we hear every little jot and detail about Bruce Jenner's sex change. Yeah. I mean, it's insane. It's insane that the culture, if you want to call it that, this crazy country in America that, that we live in. I mean, it's, it's appalling. Fuk- and, and there's a whole chapter on the Fukushima disaster in my book, Days of Chaos. And it's there for a reason. Because we believe, I believe, that this is an ongoing event. It is polluting the Pacific. The countries of the world should be uniting together and figuring out a way to go. We know that TEPCO lied. We know that the Japanese government lied, telling us everything's fine, the reactors aren't melting down. Now, three or four years later, whatever, they finally come clean and go, okay, you know, we're, we're in a heap of trouble here. There is no plan. Nothing is working. It's just like Obama when he stands yeah. up. He, ha- he has no plan to defeat ISIS. Everything, well, we better round up the guns. That's not going to defeat ISIS, Mr. President, with all due respect. He has no plan. You know, the whole idea of the Obama strategy leading from behind. Well, what... 
What, what kind of nonsensical doublespeak is that? Leading from behind? Why? I mean, what, what moron invented that phrase? Oh, he's leading from behind. Okay, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. I, guess, I guess the emperor's got no clothes on. That's what we're looking at here. That's why he's in behind. He doesn't want anybody seeing that he has no clothes on. That's exactly <laughs> you know? it. But we don't have a lot of time left. And, and the one thing is, okay, this thing with Fukushima's going on. They're letting it happen. They're making a lot of other bad things happen. And GMO food, we didn't even yep. touch on that. You know, GMO the thing food. is, why? It appears to me that they're trying to kill everyone. But why? What kind of benefit could that be? These people live here, too. My take is it has to be some spiritual warfare. Satan wants us all dead, and this is, you know, this is the plan. The plan is to kill us all. Yeah, what that, that is exactly, if there is a supernatural, and I, and I know you and I agree on this, and there's a fallen cherub, you know, name is Satan, that we all know. He's the god of this world, little G. His mission is to rob, kill, and destroy. He wants to kill us all. Literally, that's what he wants to do. And that's what we're faced with. And some of these things, I mean, I realize that people who don't believe in the supernatural will laugh at this. That's fine. Laugh all you want. But at some point, this stuff is going to become very uh, observable. In, in some cases, it already is. But we're going to realize who it is we're dealing with. Everybody gets on their knees eventually. Eventually, yeah. You know, and L.A., we're, we're just about out of time, so give your contact information one last time before we uh, call today. Thanks, Frank. Frank, it's www.lamarzuli.net, lamarzuli.net. You can avail yourself of the resources that we have on the blog, on, on the website, lamarzuli.net. Watchers 9, Days of Chaos, and a new book, uh, Days of Chaos, by the same name. Great, Ellie. Thanks for being on. We'll have you on again soon because uh, you got a lot of good stuff, and you're always on top of things, and you keep up, and you're, you know, you you got new stuff all the time on things. So I appreciate it, Frank. Thanks for being on. We'll talk to you again soon, folks. I will be back Monday. This show will be replayed tonight at 8 p.m. If you're listening at night, sorry you couldn't call in, but hey, that's the thing about replays. Go to lamarzuli.net. And uh, coming up next is Financial Survival. Got a full day after that. So, as always, thanks for listening. I heard it through the grapevine. My new neighbor don't like my big red barn. A 47 Ford bullet holes in the door broke down motor in the front yard. <laughs> I gotta have a mind to paint a plywood sign and nail it up on a knotted pine tree. Saying I was here first, this is my piece of dirt, and your rambling don't rattle me. Some people care about what other people think, worry about what they say. Let a little gossip coming from a loose lip run a perfect day. Saying fly, 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 just a jack in their dog, gotta let it roll up in my back. I don't give a darn. Enough room to cram the drums in the corner over by the dodge. It was a 54 with a mashed-up door and a cheesy little lamp. With a sign on the front that said, Fender Champ and a second-hand guitar. 
searching for remedies of a way to get out of this mess that we find ourselves in. I've been searching down every path I could find, folks, for the last eight years since I've been doing this show, anything I could think of to empower people. You know, I got to the point where I began to realize that even though the system's fiction, a way to wake up the sleeping sheeple is to use elements of the system against itself. And that definitely would have worked, things like calling out Gaza Strip and calling out the war crime of Gaza for what it is, and it still could work now to rein in this criminal cabal if we could rally enough public support to do it. Hopefully the flailing support for this so-called war on terror may help that happen. I mean, people are getting pretty upset about things in the suburbs and all around the world. I mean, the protests we've seen in England and everywhere, there's a lot of people that are very, very upset about the way the war is escalating and that methodology of calling out the war crime and reigning in the criminal cabal that has basically taken over all global governments would well have worked for quite a while and it still could work in countries such as England and the United States and even here in Australia in Europe maybe not so much anymore because of the refugee situation that has unfolded in in Europe so that's kind of changed the playing field there but this legal remedy still could work for us if we could rally the population to do it, but we're fast running out of time. It's really getting to a point now with all these attacks that are being staged around the place that the lockdown is coming if the people do not rise to the occasion. And that's really what it's going to take now is the dissemination of information. People have to start spreading awareness, sharing information, it's getting very difficult to do that on platforms such as Facebook. You'll notice that people are being cordoned off now. A lot of social media is being cordoned off. Twitter, new laws coming in in all of our countries or suggestions that they should bring in laws anyway. But there's talk in all political circles, Western political circles, of the evil of anti-government extremism. And this is a new term that is being coined, is anti-government extremism. Anybody who questions the actions of government must be an extremist. So how is this anything to do with democracy or freedom or liberty or anything? I mean, this is an open declaration of fascism, really, folks. This is an open declaration of dictatorship. It's basically the government saying, if you criticize anything we do, you're a terrorist, and the police have permission to shoot terrorists. And that's kind of the way they're playing it, and this is happening in all Western countries, and this is really taking things to another level. So it's time people really did start paying attention to what is going on around them. And it's just ramping up more and more, really, as the days go on. So what's needed now is some coordinated action, folks. That's what's needed, coordinated action, but it's got to be sensible action. You know, we can't be out there marching and protesting and all this sort of stuff. We just saw in Paris what happens when people march and protest. Now, there was a, a group of very peaceful and very passive people. I think they may have been protesting the climate summit or something. It was on November 29th in Paris. And the police were unbelievable. The police were so violent. And just, just walking up to innocent people and just whacking them across the head with batons for no reason. Whacking old men across the knees with batons for no reason. Just there to instigate violence, escalate the conflict, turn it into a riot and just brutalize the people. So there's no point protesting and marching, folks. Marches show 
solidarity, but they don't actually achieve anything. We need to have some sort of coordinated action to stop this system in its tracks. And really, the best coordinated action we can have now that our legal system is failing us so badly is simple non-compliance. We need a show of solidarity in the community. The community needs to stand together in solidarity and simply stop complying with the system, stop paying taxes. It would be great if everybody stayed home for a day. Imagine if the whole world just didn't comply for one day, if everybody refused to spend one cent or go to work or lift a finger, do anything for the system for one day. If we did that, it would bring the entire global system to its knees, folks. We could do it in a single day by one day of non-compliance. I've been saying this since 2008, since I put out a film called Fight the New World Order with Global Non-Compliance. We could do it if we simply stopped participating in the system, folks. That would be the key. You imagine the shockwave it would send around the world if not one cent was spent in the Western world in one day, if everybody refused to go and fill up their car or go to work or go and buy bread or anything like that. Just do your shopping the day before and stay home for a day. Everybody, the whole world, take a day off. It would bring the system to its knees, folks. And that's what we need. We need some sort of coordinated response to this system. And we've got to start spreading information, but we've got to really begin to take action to rein what is unfolding back under control. Otherwise, we're going to be heading into a really, really dark area. And it's been a trap, folks. The whole thing has been a trap. You know, when I look at this and I look back at the last 10 years, 15 years, it's been such a play. It's been such a trap for all the people. And even the truth movement, so-called truth movement, has been a trap for people. It really has. I've sat back and watched it, and I've just seen how orchestrated and played people have been through the whole thing. We've had some really great chances for unity, but of course there's always agents that come along to disrupt any such movements. And everybody's been played off against each other. Everybody's been provided with an endless succession of rabbit holes to run down. Everybody's found little pieces of the puzzle and have very often then been locked into a little bubble of what I've often termed sovereign narcissism and Nobody has really looked at the bigger picture, you know, or maybe a few have, but a lot of others haven't. A lot of others have gone down their own little rabbit hole, and all they've really succeeded in doing is creating division amongst the movement. But really, there's been a higher play going on as well. I mean, we had a real chance to create some unity in the truth movement, the alternate media, the independent media, the independent version of what's going on, the real version of what's going on, whatever you want to call it. We have had every opportunity to create unity in this movement. As I've often been saying, as I've said for eight years now, all we need to do is put down our stuff with each other and respect each other. And we could stand as one united voice and we could call this system out for what it is before it has a chance to consolidate its power. But that power is now being consolidated and we have very little time left to do such a thing. And in many ways, the independent media and the so-called truth movement has been played in as much as we've been given everything that we need to see how corrupt the world is and in doing so we've also 
or put ourselves out there so that the government now knows where everybody who knows what's going on is. The government now has tabs on everybody. You know, people ask why they make things so obvious. Why did they make 9-11 so obvious? And why are the false flags that have continued since 9-11 been so obvious? Why do they make things so easy to see through? And why doesn't the media ever see this? And why doesn't the media ever report the truth? Why don't the reporters ask the hard questions? These are the things that people have been asking. And I think there's a reason that they make things so obviously staged and I think that that reason is to just see who gets it, see who wakes up, to see who they can identify as a potential dissident someone who is simply not going to go along with what the government wants to do and there's someone on who the fluoride and food additives and the vaccines may not be working, if you will and the tighter the control grid has been locked down, the more powers the police have been given and the more police presence we've seen, the more obvious the false flags have become. So it's becoming easier for even normal everyday people who don't have a conspiratorial outlook to the world to be able to see through these things. So again, they're seeing who are the dissidents, who is prepared to stand up against government. Let's make it as obvious as we can so everybody starts calling it out and then we can identify these pockets of society which do not go along with the government line. And look, when you look at some of these so-called terror attacks, there are obviously crisis actors involved in a lot of them. You get these families on television that are smiling while they're talking about their loved one who was brutally murdered the day before. You know, none of this is normal behaviour. And it begs the question, are these normal people? You know, where do these people come from, all of these crisis actors? And when you look at these conspiracies, a lot of people will say, you know, if all of this is really going on and all of these things are being staged and 9-11 was staged and the war on terror is a hoax and all of this stuff, there would quite literally need to be thousands upon thousands of people involved in the conspiracy. And that's where it falls down for a lot of people. And the truth of the matter, folks, is that there are thousands and thousands of people involved, not directly involved, there are certain groups who are directly involved in carrying out these events, but there are certain sections of society, in fact quite large sections of society, that will never speak the truth about these events and that actually enjoy these events. They like to see things like 9-11 happen. They like to see the wars happen. They like to see the police state get locked down around the world because they are involved indirectly because of the things that they do in their private lives. You know, we look at the world and we often wonder why people don't speak out, why people just let things go on the way they are. And that is the reason, folks. That is the reason because in our society, I mean, our society is a complex thing, but when you look at it, if you can imagine it, we actually have two societies running parallel to each other that both live amongst each other. We have the society on the surface of normal people who do normal things. They go to work, they go out dancing, they do the stuff that normal people do. But there is another group of people within this society which have a very dark agenda who are spread out amongst the whole society. They're living in suburbs, sometimes whole suburbs, sometimes whole towns, whole schools, 
a great many people that are involved in what is essentially a shadow society that gets up to very nefarious practices in the background. Many of these people are not directly involved with things such as the 9-11 attack. As I said, many of these people are not involved in government, but many of them get up to very bad things. And what I'm talking about is what is essentially a global network of, well, I don't do religion, but I really can't think of any other word other than satanic, but it is a global network of people, everyday people in normal societies who are involved in what can only be described as satanic ritual abuse of children. And this is going on in all Western countries on quite literally an industrial scale. And this is a topic that people just don't seem to want to talk about. They don't seem to want to face, but it needs to be faced because we are talking about quite literally thousands upon thousands of children being subject to the most horrific types of abuse and, and tortures and stuff straight out of horror movies. And it's going on behind the scenes in all Western countries today. We saw instances like Hampstead Heath in England where children are indoctrinated into this type of lifestyle through school and whole families are indoctrinated into this folks from a very very early age children uh, in babies and, and as young as two and three are participating in these rituals and they're getting indoctrinated into this lifestyle they've also worked very hard to indoctrinate acceptance of this lifestyle into the minds of everyday people this has been done mainly through the pop industry and the music industry if you get any music clip folks get any music clip these days and turn the sound down turn on mtv and turn the sound down and just watch the clip and basically what you're watching is soft porn i mean the the emmy awards or the music awards that were on tv the other night was virtually a, a soft porn show on stage that's really what it was and they do this to indoctrinate this type of sexual image into the minds of the children because this is the type of stuff that they get up to. But what we have here, folks, is essentially a global network of pedophiles that are trafficking children all around the world. Many come from surrogate mothers in Asian countries, the Philippines, Thailand, stuff like this, that are funneled out to foster homes that are all set up for this very purpose. And this is going on all around the world. And you're not going to get any of these people ever stand up and call out things like 9-11. You're not going to get any of these people ever standing up and calling out things like government corruption because the same people are all involved. The priests and the government, they come to these meetings and do these things as well. And you'll find that most of the people on television are all involved in these circles. You don't see celebrities and all of these people sort of hanging out in normal everyday crowds, you notice. You don't ever see them really down the shop. I mean, you may run into them now and then, but you never see them out at a local restaurant. You never see them doing things that normal people do. What do these people do in their spare time? They all go and hang out together in these special locations where they get up to these nefarious activities. And this is basically a shadow society that exists behind normal society there is evidence of major exports of children and imports of children going on in most western countries as i said these are funneled out to foster homes and then a lot of these children end up being used in rituals and when you really realize the depth and scope of this and the 
the pure evil and pure psychopathy in the minds of these people and not only that but the fact that people who would otherwise or would have otherwise been normal people have been trained into acceptance of this type of lifestyle since birth then you really begin to see what we are up against of course all of these people like to remain hidden and so we have always had every opportunity to be able to call this system out and, and use the legal system against itself because that will wake up a lot of people, that will wake up a lot of sleeping masses. But the thought of having a global revolution, I just can't see it happening because of the amount of people that are involved in what are essentially very, very bad activities who all want the status quo to remain the same. Then, of course, you interject into that little mixed pot a group of other people who are very deprived and very downtrodden, who have had a completely different life, who will now work to quell any type of unity that may have been forming. And this, of course, has been done by introducing this massive amount of so-called refugees into Europe, which has really been about destabilizing Europe and undermining the culture of Europe and also diluting any response to the system. Because now everybody's fighting amongst themselves, everybody's worried about this shadowy terrorist threat that could be anybody lurking around any corner. And really when you look at it, folks, and you look at how these events are set up, and you look at these crisis actors, and you look at what we're told on television, how people can ring up and ask the most poignant questions to the news reporters. The news reporters just brush them off and nothing ever comes of it. And they're laughing at us. They're just laughing at the whole thing. This is why the crisis actors and the people who stage these events are just laughing on television because they know they are playing the world like a fiddle. They've sold an entirely false reality to the people of the world, the sleeping masses. They've just treated them like their flock, their flock of sheep, and they've just fed them a completely fictional reality, and everybody has bought into it. And meanwhile, these people sit behind the scenes, making the whole script up as they go along, harvesting all the children that they harvest along the way and setting the world up for a major harvest of humanity via locking the system down the way they are. And as has been just demonstrated in Paris, the police are getting more and more brutal now. They're getting openly brutal about it. They're actually going to these events openly looking to cause trouble. We had an event here in Byron Bay a few weeks ago. There was some people just dancing in the park, in Byron Bay Park, as they do in Byron Bay Park. A group of hippies standing around just having a good time, singing songs and dancing. A group of police came up and surrounded them and told them they had to move on. One of the girls just looked at the police and said, meow. And he looked at her and said, move on. And she said, meow, and started walking away. And because she said that a second time, he grabbed her quite brutally and tried to manhandle her and tried to arrest her for giving lip to a police officer. So they're just looking for a reason to harass people and to bring people into the legal system, have them charged with something, just to make people's lives difficult and let them know that things are different now, that they are now living under an authoritarian regime. And they're going to go for the gentle people first. They'll be pulling people up on the side of the road and they won't be the friendly police officers anymore. They'll be harassing you to the point that you actually become a little bit indignant about it and then as soon as you do they will arrest you for talking back to a police officer this is the sort of laws that they're bringing in in australia here and i'm sure they will soon be bringing them in everywhere else if they haven't done so already 
See, once they've identified all the dissidents, once they've labelled anybody who speaks out against government as an extremist, then they can start harassing people on the side of the road, and they'll start with the gentle people first. And, of course, anybody who speaks back must not be respectful of government and so, therefore, may possibly be an extremist, which instantly makes you a suspect and gives them a reason to not only harass you but also to arrest you, take you back for questioning and go through every single aspect of your life. And just make sure you've never missed out on dotting any I's or crossing any T's anywhere. And, of course, when they do this, they can go back through all of your records for seven years through the new metadata laws. They can check up on every single phone conversation you've ever had, every text you've ever sent, every email you've ever sent or received, and every transaction you have ever performed. Everywhere you've traveled, they can look up on every aspect of everybody's lives, even everything you've bought at the supermarket if they want to, if you've been shopping with a credit card. They can now do this to everybody because of the tracking laws and the way everything's gone digital. All they need is an excuse to be able to go through your life. And they will do this by simply harassing people on the side of the road for no reason and bringing them back to the station for questioning simply because they acted a little out of line. And this is the future that is unfolding right before us now, folks. This is a future that myself and many others have been calling out and warning people about for many, many years now. And here it is now right on our doorstep. But the thing is, we still can heal this situation. There is a chance we can get through this. Of course, it's a slim chance, but there is a chance that we can still get through it. You know, the world has not been lost yet but it's well on the way to being locked down. The problem is the sleeping masses, attempting to wake up the sleeping masses. And there's been so many division plays, and there's been so many mechanisms that have been put in place to discredit independent media. There's been so many plays that we've been subject to. In the last 12 months to 18 months, it's just been phenomenal. The amount of division that's been interjected into the independent media but I still do believe that there is a chance that we can still bring some light to this situation. It isn't over until the fat lady sings, folks, and things really are becoming obvious to people. I mean, really, you'd have to be a complete fool to think that what we're seeing in the world today is normal. You know, we've got World War Three on our doorstep, which is not going to be what people think it is. It's not going to be this major nuclear meltdown that everybody is fearful of. I don't believe that there will ever be nuclear war, but... We are certainly seeing an escalation in global conflict. But I do believe that there is a way out. I really do believe that we can still heal this situation if people open up their hearts and get involved. But you've got to open your hearts, folks. You really do. You've got to open your hearts to the people around you and realize that we are all fighting the same battle and that we are all in this together. If we can do that, we've still got a chance, folks. We've got to identify what the problem is. We've got to realize that there is this shadow society that exists outside of our own society and we've got to formulate a response to deal with this situation. And of course, the first thing it's going to take is sharing information with people and getting the word out that now is the time for people to stand up and be counted. I mean, sure, folks, there is this shadow society that exists within our own society, but there is still a lot more of us and there is still a lot more good, decent and honest people in the world than there are of them. It's just that the unfortunate part of the moment is that for the most part, they make all the laws and they have all the weapons. Look, I think we've reached break time here, folks. I have to leave it there for now, and we're going to have a break. Thank you for joining me on the air today. It's always a pleasure to have your company, and I'll speak to you again.
be moving to Montana soon Just to raise me up a crop of dental floss Raising it up Waxing it down In a little white box that I can sell uptown By myself I wouldn't have no boss But I'd be raising my lonely dental Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. The political, religious, and medical views presented on various shows heard on American Voice Radio Network are not necessarily the views held by the management of American Voice Radio and are not presented as an endorsement by this network. All statements heard on American Voice Radio are the sole responsibility and opinion of those who speak the particular statement. Financial obligations or relationship problems have you feeling stressed out? When life is too much to handle, use Apothecary Herbs Emotional Stress Formula. Feel calm and more in control with herbs especially combined to provide the organic nutrition your system needs to help you cope. Complete instructions for maximum benefit and a money-back guarantee. You've waited long enough. Call Apothecary Herbs now. Toll free 866 229-3663 that's 866-229-3663 international callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3w's.thepowerherbs.com American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices.
look, when you begin to identify this shadow network of what is essentially child abusers that exist within our society and, and realize how all-pervasive this is, you begin to see where all these crisis actors come from. You begin to see why the entertainment industry is the way it is, why the pop industry is the way it is, why the news reporters say and do the things they do. When you see the enormous bloodlust that these people have, I mean, really what they get up to is, is pure evil, folks. And when you begin to understand this, you see why people like David Cameron would be calling for bombing Syria in order to keep the UK safe, which is completely and utterly ridiculous. Bombing children in Syria is not going to keep children in the United Kingdom safe, but they don't do it to keep anybody safe. They do it because of the enormous bloodlust that these people have. The goal really is to watch the world burn and to lock what humanity is left into a slavery system to be used as playthings for those who believe they have the right to do these things to the rest of the world. And all the while, these people who have manoeuvred themselves into positions of power in all of our countries have been playing the world like a fiddle. Now, when television was introduced to societies, we saw the downfall of civilization begin, the downfall of freedom begin, really with the invention of the printing press and was further consolidated with the invention of television. Television has been the most all-pervasive mind control tool ever invented and it has done an absolutely amazing job of keeping people locked into a completely and utterly false reality. You know, it's amazing how people can sit at home and watch this little tube that tells them what's going on in the world and because the little tube says they have to do it, they give up their rights and they allow themselves to be locked down into a slavery system. And you go and look outside, go and walk around outside, go meet your neighbours, you're not seeing any of the trouble that the television is telling you is always there. All the violence we see, all the protests is always started by the police. But you've got to ask yourself, what are the people protesting for? There must be a reason for them to be protesting. What is it about? Maybe you should look at some of these issues and see what the people are speaking up about. And maybe you should protest too, but in the right way. By removing support from the system, removing your tax dollars from the system. You know, it might be bad if one person does this, you may get in trouble. But if the whole society does it, if the whole society just stops and says no more, then the system has no choice. It can't force people to go to work. You can't force people to come out of their houses. If the whole world just refuses to comply anymore with what is going on, then the system crumbles. And the question has to be asked, what is it going to take for people to do this? How bad does it have to get before people are willing to step away? And we've seen what protesting does. Like I said, there's no point marching down the street and saying, we won't do this anymore. The police just surround you and they're armoured police with shields and batons and tasers and deadly weapons all over them and they're all sociopaths and they don't care. They'll just corral you, they'll beat you and they'll make an example of you so others don't do it. But if all the community respects each other and they all simply stay home and refuse to comply with this system and they bring the machine to a grinding halt, then the system has no choice but to comply with the wishes of the people from that point. I mean, it's got to start somewhere, folks, and it's got to begin with solidarity and a national or an international day of non-compliance is a day that everybody can participate in by basically not participating. All you have to do is nothing. That's all you have to do for the day is stay home. That sort of a thing would make a difference. It would make a stand. It would allow the controlling hand to realise that we've had enough and we're not going to take it.
But we have to do something, folks, because otherwise things are going to get very, very ugly. They are already getting ugly, and we really desperately need to change the direction that we're going. And it's only going to come from unity. I really hope now that people can see the need for unity, that people can see the need for them to put down their stuff with each other, for them to put down their rabbit holes. Please, for the moment, put down your rabbit hole and pay attention to matters of state. I've been asking for this for eight years and my voice has been getting quite desperate in the last three or four because I can see what's coming. And now it's here, it's really time for the people to stand up and be counted. We've got to fix this situation, folks. And it has to start with unity. I'm actually leaving tomorrow for a meeting in Bali with Ken O'Keefe. I'm actually going to meet with Sasha Stone as well. I've never met Sasha. I was on a panel with him once. I've heard some good reports about Sasha. I've heard some bad reports about Sasha. I like to leave things until I meet people so I can make my own mind up. So I'm going to take the opportunity to do that while I'm in Bali. And it's really wonderful that actually someone has paid this trip for me and asked me to come and participate in this little venture, which is basically nine days of filming with myself and Ken O'Keefe and a couple of other people, including Sasha Stone and Samantha Backman in Bali. So... We'll see what comes of that. Yeah, I think everybody's realizing that the situation is getting desperate and we need some sort of unity in this movement. We need the independent media to come together and we need the fan bases of the independent media to come together and we need to formulate a coordinated response to what is coming down. And so that's the sort of things we're going to be discussing while I'm over there for the next week. That's why I won't be able to do any shows for the next couple of weeks because I'm going to be away for the next nine days and I don't know what's going to come out of this little venture. But hopefully we're going to be coming away with some sort of a plan to help create a secure future. Lord knows we certainly don't have one now. The interesting thing about this system, isn't it, is that everything it tells us is backwards. It tells us it's taking away our liberties to ensure our security, but, of course, when you remove someone's liberties, you guarantee that they are no longer secure. And it's all backwards. Everything they say is backwards. It's like what Israel does, folks. So I had to go on about Israel, but everything Israel tells us is backwards as well. The situation that we see there is, is one completely upside down where those that we believe are the terrorists are actually subject to routine terrorism every day by those who claim they are the victims. And look, for years and years I've been saying to people that if we don't pay attention to what's going on in that area, then the way of Palestine will be the way of the world. And now when we see the totalitarian system that exists in Palestine, in the West Bank and in Gaza, we see the systems that have been put in place for warehousing and surplusing human beings, and we now see these exact same totalitarian systems appearing in France, appearing all around Western countries. This is exactly the same thing, folks, and the world is now beginning to turn into what we see in Palestine. Recently, there was a, a lobbyist who went on television and said that he would like to see the whole Middle East like Israel. And what we see in Israel is a completely totalitarian system, and that is what they're putting in place across the Middle East, and that is what they're putting in place in all Western countries because everything they tell us is backwards, folks. It's always backwards, and everything the media tells you is backwards. You know, the mainstream media and the government are not your friends. They've sold a lie to the whole world. You know, you think about it, folks, the media, these people sit there in a little room with a nice backdrop behind them, and they put this message out onto this little screen. And because everybody's got a screen in their homes, 
it looks like it's this big organization, this all-knowing, all-pervasive organization, but it's not. It's just a bunch of people sitting in a little room, reading off a script, telling you what reality is, when in actual fact, reality is completely and utterly the opposite of what they're saying. It's like this whole Muslim menace across the Middle East, which is not a Muslim menace. It's all been created by the West. The whole war on terror is not a war on terror. It's a war of terror being perpetrated against innocent civilians under the pretext of getting revenge upon these people for a terrorist act that the very people who are waging the war carried out themselves. I mean, all of this that we see in the world today is all riding on the back of 9-11, folks. And that may seem like old news to people, but the 9-11 attack is not old news. It will never be old news because the entire global situation we see today is riding on the back of that event. And that event was a false flag. And when you really put that into perspective, then you really begin to see what we're facing here. There's actually a great new movie that's been released about 9-11. I can't remember the name of the filmmaker offhand, but I've got it on the website. If you go down to the recommended viewing on my website, thecrowhouse.com, there's a film called Incontrovertible. And it's a wonderful portrayal of what actually happened on 9-11. It's a great film to show police officers and firefighters and government officials and people who work within mainstream political circles. If you can get this information to them, maybe those people who are not already lost will actually see the light. And we might get some people helping to make a difference from within. Because if we call out 9-11 folks and we call out the whole war on terror, we expose the whole criminal system for what it is. Again, you're not going to get everybody doing it because there are so many elements within society and within the media that will not ever allow the information to come out. But we have the strength of numbers, and if we refuse to comply with this system anymore until this information is addressed, then I think we can make a difference. It's all about the dissemination of information, folks, but it's got to be the right information. It's got to be done in the right way, in a sensible way, in a non-conspiratorial way, and not with all the noise that people put around it. You know, there's so much noise surrounding real information in the independent media, and that has been one of the biggest problems that we've faced. But of course, that's how COINTEL works, folks. You interject noise, you put conspiracy theories everywhere, and theories in, within theories within theories, and you make everything unbelievable and so convoluted that the truth gets lost in a sea of noise. I said back in my first film in 2008 that the best way to hide a real conspiracy is to create conspiracy culture around it so that nobody ever knows what the real truth is. And that's what's been done. But the real truth, folks, is that we're in a slavery system. It's being locked down right now. And the bigger truth is that we have the power to change it if we just choose to do so. But it's a fearful choice. It's a fearful choice. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.